You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. You're listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Well, not live. Almost <laughs> live. Now we're live. Yes. Okay, we're live. Welcome to episode 52, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Ninja Starship podcast, and we are doing it in style. We are broadcasting live from Liberty Comics in Roseville at 27639 Gratiot Avenue. Come up here, check out the comics, check out the store, check out what we're doing. We are also up here with Source Point Press, who is our show sponsor. He's busy right now. He'll be on in a little while. And uh, yeah, guys, welcome. With me here, I have my cohort in pod, Mr. Will Blattman. Hey, guys. I'm still trying to figure out why we're not in the studio. Well, yeah, so, you know, so we're, we're here. It's so different. Yeah. It's confused. Uh, our resident Uber driver, yes, we have one. You don't be jealous, Mr. Norm Larkins. Yeah, what up, Starshippers? Trying not to spend all my money up in this comic book shop today. You might have to pick up a couple extra Uber shifts this week. Yes. <laughs> and the man behind the curtain making everything happen, co-host of IT and the D and man in charge of Podcast Detroit, Mr. Dave Phillips. I wouldn't call it in charge. <laughs> I'm just the guy that Everybody makes things work. <laughs> Guys, we are here. We've made it 52 consecutive weeks of this show. This is this is monumental. This is big. We actually did it. You know, a lot of podcasts, 20, 30 episodes in, they call it quits. Not us. We made it 52. Some people think it's five years to get 52, you know? That's true. Yeah, yeah. We did it every week. We did it in a year. That's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, we have no segment intros because this is live. This is what it is. So bear with us. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we're talking Ghostbusters today. We've got lots of Pokemon Go news and whatever else happens in the shenanigans of the live show at Liberty Comics. Come visit. Come visit us. Oh, as I refer to it as. It's run like a well-oiled machine so far. <laughs> totally. It's been great. Uh, if, if you want to uh, if you want to call in and give your shout-outs to the show, 248-579-5295 is the number. And uh, let's get into news. Pokemon Go is everywhere still. Everywhere yes. still. Well, I mean, we're currently at PokeSpot. This is the only yes, reason right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So all you Pokemon Go players, we are at a PokeStop. grown-ass men. All you grown-ass men chasing things that aren't there. That's the whole reason I agreed to do this show was, oh, I guess uh, PokeStop for four hours, done. You know, you know what they used to call people who chase things that weren't really there? Schizophrenics. Schizophrenics, yes. Now, now they're, now they're yes. Pokemon masters. Uh, but yes, come up here. This is a PokeStop, so there's a lot in it for you. And, uh, you can come here and get balls? Come, yes, yes, come yes, here yes. and you can get balls. Three to five, depending, and maybe an egg. Oh, I did get an egg last time. Did you? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, I got a thing here that says the top 27 Pokemon that matter. Let's do it. Let's see. Number one is, oh no, 27, Mudkip. I haven't even heard of a Mudkip. I have. I don't have one. No, not yet. Where, where do you find Is this like a, a water thing, a yeah, land yeah, thing? He's kind of a swamp one. A swamp, yeah. Swamp yeah. one? All right. Well, I tell you what. I'm not going to go through all 27 because <laughs> right that top. would suck. Yeah. We're going to go to like let's, the top let's, five. Let's top five. I'm, we'll top I'm, five. I'm guessing Snorlax, Gyarados, uh, Charizard, and... Alkazam? You're a grown-ass well. man. Why do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on Pokemon. Well, while we're getting there, uh, some, some cool stuff happened. Well, it wasn't really cool, but it was cool at the same time. Uh, Wednesday was my birthday. And uh, I went into work like every other day on a Happy Wednesday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. And I was fired 
on my birthday. What? First Wait, thing in the morning. Hell? Yeah. Did, did you, I got fired on my birthday. What? Did you like come in all like, it's my birthday, guys. I'm so happy to be here. No, no. I came in and I came in. I was working. I worked for about two hours and one of the upper management come come grab me and he's like, hey, you mind coming in the office real quick? I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I walk in there and I going to be cake. Yeah, I see the general manager in there and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I must have done a good job, you know? And I get in there and he's like, uh, yeah, we're going to let you go. And I'm like, uh, why? And he's like, well, we just don't want you here anymore. I swear to God. As I said, was my ex-wife your general manager? (laughs) And I said, I said to him, I said, I go, and at this point, like, you know, you're screwed. Like you're already out the door. And I was like, but it's my birthday. And he goes, happy birthday. He's like, if you just leave now, yeah, if you just leave now, we'll pay you for the rest of the day. So that's how I started off my birthday. I got the day off and I got paid for it. So if you look at it that way, it's, it's, you know, the bonus there. You are the rest of the week off too. That's it. Silver lining. My glass is always half full. You know what? If it's not, find a smaller damn glass and pour it in there. (laughs) (laughs) No cake? That's all you got to do. Yeah, no cake. So, all right, I got to 10. We'll go from 10. Uh, Is it Lugia? 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 Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah? Oh, yeah, we got a thumbs up from the crowd. Lugia. Uh, Sea dwelling, so look by water. Mew, number nine. What? I'm surprised that's not higher on the list. That's like the Pokemon everyone flips out about. Charmander, number eight. I'm surprised he's on there in the top. Charmander? Yeah, because you get him right in the beginning. Yeah, I'm surprised well, he's... Can, he's yeah. yeah. Uh, Gengar, number seven. Mm-hmm. No idea. Wasn't he one of the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes? <laughs> <laughs> he's a lizard guy. <laughs> uh, Gray Ninja? G-R-E Ninja? Green Ninja? I don't know. Never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jigglypuff? Yeah, got to get have, you some Jigglypuffs. I have like three of those right now. Yeah, yeah everybody. You got three Jigglypuffs? You greedy Jigglypuff <laughs> bastard. Uh, Blastoise, number four. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. Pikachu, number three. Yep, the most overrated all. Pokemon of all time. Charizard, number two. The best Pokemon. And number one, Pokemon that only matters. What do you think it is? Mew. I'm thinking it's, it's Gyarados or Snorlax. Mewtwo. Mewtwo. Oh, Mewtwo yeah. is the number one Mewtwo. Pokemon to get, apparently, in this game. So you can get it and then walk around the same as you always have been doing. <laughs> yeah. Is it true you can only find it in Area 51? Mewtwo? <laughs> Probably. Let's see. Uh, a clone I, of I Mew. I loving all those memes that, that were floating around. Lovely, like, right? sir, you can't be here. It's a restricted area. God damn it. I know you got a Mewtwo in there. Open up. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? I, I mean... The rumor is that they're going to be doing an, an update soon where it's going to be like you can go on missions or teams together and they're going to do like player events. And that's where some of these more powerful legendary yeah, like Pokemon big, are going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They advertise it in a commercial. They're in a big stadium. All the players are in the stands. Yeah. You see in front of you, not for real, of course, augmented reality, a Mew fighting a, yeah. a Pikachu. In a now, and, and, see, they do that at Ford Field. I might actually go to more Lions exactly. games. Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah, that's to me, the that would be more entertaining than the football. Yeah. halftime <laughs> show. <laughs> I, that was actually Speaking of memes, that was the other one that was floating around. Like, for all you people that are bitching about Pokemon <laughs> Go over the last week, 
now you know what it's been like for me hearing about sports for the last 30 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this goes without a- or, uh, not without accident, though, man, because a lot of people are getting hurt playing Pokemon Go. Uh, within hours of, of the, the release, there was all these reported scrapes, bumps, and blisters, and now there's broken bones and death and multi-car pile-ups and everything. dead body. Girl finds. by me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, she found a dead body. Like, even when we pulled in here, we can see how car accidents happen because somebody actually pulled in here to get a Pokestop and was playing while they were driving. And then almost almost clipped another car pulling out. Yeah, so don't don't Pokemon Go and drive. Hashtag Pokemon Go safely. (laughs) You thought texting and driving was making people bad drivers? (laughs) Welcome Ah. to 2016. But here's the problem, though, is that the best way to get multiple Pokestops in a day is to drive around to them. (laughs) You have to drive to them? Yeah. Yeah. Walking takes too long, man. I can get three to work. So there and back at six, just driving in my car. (laughs) You got the one girl who said, uh, I blame Pokemon Go for making me walk into the middle of an intersection to grab a Pokemon. I'm like, no, that's that's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, and they're not supposed they're not supposed to appear on roads. They're supposed to appear on the side of roads. Sides of roads. Oh, we got a call coming in. I need. Hello. <laughs> caller, you're on the air with the Ninja Starship. Uh, caller. We're here. <laughs> we're here. Are you here? You're not here, but we're here. Just whenever you're ready. You're yeah, shy. whenever. I mean, you know, we're here. We can just keep talking to you. Yeah, if you're shy. Yeah, you know, don't be shy. You know, we'll, we'll work this out. We'll work together. You know, nothing. I figure they're calling to talk about how great the show is. <laughs> that's all. Um, we appreciate your compliments. Well, while that's getting figured out, uh, we have a Reddit user that uh, lamented that Pokemon Go put me in the ER. Within This lady says, not even 30 minutes after the release last night, I slipped down, or I slipped and fell down a ditch, fractured, <laughs> fractured the fifth metatarsal bone in my foot, six to eight weeks for recovery, and I told the doctors I was walking my dog. <laughs> I didn't want me to do it. Somebody needs to explain to me how that works. Like, they don't pop up until you're close enough, and when they pop up, you can touch them, and they'll stay with you until they decide to run off, which is a yeah. while. Yeah. You know? So how do these people continue to get hurt chasing after Pokemon? It's like they just get so just brought into their own, you know, yeah. into their own element, into the game that they're they just forget everything that's around them. Well, I mean, like think about it. It's not that you know out of the out of the park and believable. Look at that lady that was texting and fell into the mall uh, wishing well, you know, fell into the mall fountain and then blamed the mall for putting the fountain there. <laughs> it's like walking Catch down the street safely. It's like it's like that old classic gag where it's, you know, people are at work on a manhole cover and someone just walks right into it. We got another one here. Uh, one woman told WPKXI-TV in western Pennsylvania that her 15-year-old daughter was hit by a car while playing the game and crossing a busy highway. The girl was reportedly hospitalized with an injured collarbone and foot as well as cuts and bruises. Now... Not knowing anything else about this accident, she got hit in the middle of a busy highway. Yeah, why would there must have been a Pikachu, and she was probably Pokeball. <laughs> yeah. and she was Pokemon Go and driving, and was like, ah, stop. 
Yeah, because it's it's. I guess people don't realize that as soon as the Pokemon pops up in your screen, you can hit it. You can hit it, and then you can fight it in the car, catch it in the car. Like you you can catch a Pokemon that's three blocks away if it pops pops up in your screen. You don't be right on it. Take your time. You don't have to rush it. Yeah, I mean the only thing I can think of is that people were chasing the nearby screens, and the nearby like how that works is not very well defined. Yeah, and even though like you got a a warning from Pokemon Go developer uh, Niantic, uh, it pops up every single time that the app is open. And telling players to be aware of your surroundings, it, like it, it tells you that right in the beginning. Like you want to yeah. play this, pay attention to but, stuff. But that's basically just like the iTunes user agreement. Who looks at that? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like whatever, I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will, you had a story about uh, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, um, Ozzy Osbourne and Jack Ars- and Jack Osbourne are coming back on TV. Yeah, they have a show on the History Channel called World Detour because these guys are apparently self-proclaimed history buffs, you know, but I mean, Ozzy can barely talk as it is, so I don't know how he's going to be telling anybody about what's historical, even though his, you know, excellent cameo in Ghostbusters is a perfect time for this uh, spoiler warning, Ozzy's in Ghostbusters. Well, that's, that's, that's probably why he did that. It's the only reason we do a camera like that is because you're getting ready to promote Launch. something. Oh, yeah, that's why. They were like, oh, you got a new show coming out? Let's let's throw you in Ghostbusters. Why yeah, not? we need you. So uh, The uh, air date, if you you guys are Ozzy Osbourne fans and you want to check this out. Uh, it is July something here. 27th? Yes, at 10 p.m. Cool. I, almost, I, just, I just pulled that off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will, you had a Marvel, some Marvel news for us. Yeah, they're just Marvel is doing all kinds of stuff right now with their lineup. Um, they're changing the Avengers. Which one are you talking about? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, no kidding, really. They're doing all kinds of stuff right now. That is breaking news. <laughs> uh, you got 11 major highlights from Marvel Now previews catalog. What are the What are the major highlights that are happening? I'm not as prepared as you. Okay, that's I fine. Filled this, uh, the I fl- filled this podcast today. <laughs> I blame Pokemon Go. Uh, well, for fans of the CW, uh, the Flash's Wally West becomes yes. Kid Flash, gets his own costume. Yes. Uh, comic Book Resources gives us our first look at Kid Flash. Now, we all know from... The end of CW's Flash last season, uh, Barry had a bit of an emotional ending and uh, went back in time like he shouldn't have done. And the Mm -hmm. whole thing, everything that he's done is done. It's gone. They're starting Flashpoint, which is weird that they're doing Wally West now. I mean, I'm all in for it. Like, I like Wally West. Don't get me wrong. Um, But Zoom... That was Wally West's villain. So now after Zoom's gone, now they're bringing in Wally West. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm wondering how they're going to do that. Or if they bring Zoom back for some reason. Or somebody new, evil, darker, better, faster, stronger. You know what I mean? Well, I mean. Like 
yeah. just about anything they want. So. Yeah. I mean, technically, uh, they killed Tom Cavanaugh last season, or I mean, in season one, but he was a very prevalent character in season two, yeah, exactly. you know, because he was Earth 2 version yep. and not Earth 1 version. Uh, what else do we got? I mean, as far as the costume, I like it. I personally like it. Um, my buddies, shout out to Aaron Coney, um, thought that it should be the silver version instead of the the yellow because the yellow reminds us too much of reverse flash. Reverse flash. That's a good point. Yeah. I yeah. just don't know if the silver, maybe it was too much for the show. Maybe they tried it and it didn't work. Made too much one color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, I still like it. It looks good. I mean, the we'll suit does look good. I, I like it, man. I uh, it. I think you're right, though. You know, with, with the yellow like that. It, it kind of. It did remind me a little yeah. bit of reverse. Flash. But he's got so much red in it too. I mean, it's half. It's, yeah. it's actually technically more red exactly. than yellow. But at the same token, it reminded me of the uh, animated version of the uh, Young Justice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I wonder how he's gonna I find. Think, I mean, I think that's what they're going with. Is I think the yellow costumes a little bit more preference that's what I was for, thinking. Yeah, for that's fans what it today, like. yeah. mm-hmm. especially the younger fans who watch Young Justice. And you never know. This might be the start of it, and then after Flashpoint, they might revert to the silver suit. You never know. Mm-hmm. You never know what's gonna happen next. I wonder how they're gonna show him. Uh, Discovering his powers because you know, remember last no, season, uh, Joe tested him and like dropped that coffee yeah, cup. And we to see, and he's like, Look at him, like, what <sighs> you know, like, what? But we all know, you know, we're like, No, you Wally West, we know you go fast at some yeah, point. I, I was so mad when that happened. I'm like, Really, nothing, not even a little flash of electricity, some static, something, yeah, something like have him turn around something. and you see his eye, you know, like, like he already knows he has something. <laughs> we'll see. What if, what if he's like that? He's he's he knows he's fast. He finds it out himself and doesn't want to tell his dad. Exactly. You know? Because then there's another thing like, oh, well, Barry was fast first and he was your son first and, and this and that. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. They could, they could twist it. Not into some only stuff. that, but what's going to happen to Wells' daughter? Like, I have... I, there's no insight in what's going to happen to her because she was caught in the same And she's aftermath. from Earth, too. Her chemistry exactly. is a bit different. She vibrates differently, remember? I don't remember? know what kind <laughs> of character that that's going to equate to, but... I don't know. It's still there. It is. I uh, I don't know, man. I just... I love the show I so much. Uh. Like... We had uh, Chad Rook on last week, and he was uh, he was the first villain uh-huh. in the Flash, yep. played uh, Weather, Weather Wizard Clyde Martin. Yep. Yeah, and like we you know we brought up how he really kind of set the standard for the villains because this yes. is this is Barry's first you know uh, uh, fight really. He's he's just discovered his powers. He's really kind of this is all new. He's scared. He doesn't know. And then here's this dude who's not only a metahuman, he's a murderer in real life. Yep. He killed. Joe's partner. Well, you know, not in real life. Not in real life, but yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. hunt him it, down. It, 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 <laughs> he's an innocent man. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a good casting for them, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did an awesome job. Yeah, he really did. And he, he did. He set the standard, man. He really set the standard. And, you know, you, you felt like this guy. You're like, this guy is evil. So, I, I mean, I gave him. You guys are on a break? Uh, technical difficulties. Oh, so the mic's still on? I don't know. <laughs> no, we're all better. We're back? Yeah. I just had to reboot Sam. All right, so we're back on the air now. And just Jimmy's off doing his Jimmy's own thing. Jimmy's off doing his own thing. No, man, I'm right it's here, cool. bro. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. We have a guest host, Jimmy. I got to see, Jimmy, you look a lot better than last Hang time Hang on, let me you. clear my throat. <laughs> let me clear my throat. Um, 
That's way better, guys. But <laughs> you became my great aunt Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Are we back live? Yeah, we're back live. Oh, we're back live. Yeah, I, just, okay. I had to cycle Sam quick. Oh, that happens. All right, uh, we're back live. Um, but talking about the killing joke, <laughs> I lost my place. Uh, uh, the thing that I'm really super stoked about is Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy are coming back to reprise their roles of Joker and Batman. Um, I know from being a 90s kid and watching the animated series, every comic book I read that's Batman that has Joker in it, it's immediately those voices. Exactly. That I, it's Kevin Conroy is Batman. Mark Hamill is Joker. Exactly. I, it, 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 it's default. It's, it's embedded in there. There is no getting out of it. Um, I'm very excited about this movie. I cannot wait to see this movie. We're going. Uh, tell everybody again where they can meet up with us and check it out. We're going to be going to the 7 p.m. showing at the Quality 16 Theater in uh, Ann Arbor on Jackson Road. So you can meet up with them. Be all awesome. Right. Hopefully you guys all join us. All right. It'll we're going to take showing. a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking Ghostbusters right here on the Ninja Starship, broadcasting live from Liberty Comics in Roseville. Ninja Starship has traveled the country far and wide over the last year to bring you exclusive interviews from celebrities, comic legends, comic creators, and pioneers in cosplay. And in 52 episodes, we haven't learned a goddamn thing. You're listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Heat him up. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. All right, we are back. We are live. (laughs) This is episode 52. I'm just saying, it doesn't. (laughs) We are broadcasting live from uh, Liberty Comics in Roseville, Michigan. This is the Ninja Starship. I'm your host, Jimmy McKnight. Joined as always, Will Blattman, our Uber driver, Norm, Dave Phillips. Uh, We have with us a very, uh, joining us actually here is Source Point Press. Uh, they are here. Josh, do you want to tell the folks at home what uh, Source Point Press is all about? Hop over here. You can get on my mic, buddy. All right. All right. Go right ahead. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Josh Warner, the art director from Source Point Press, where we, uh, we're a Michigan-based publisher, uh, one of the fastest growing in the country. And yeah. uh, we publish mostly uh, horror, sci-fi uh, pulp, the occult, all sorts of cool stuff. We got a lot of really, really great new titles. We're taking pre-orders for um, Holliston from the television series by Adam Green. A lot of great things going on. So please take a moment, check us out. Always, always tune in to the Ninja Starship because this is the official Source Point Press podcast where you can get uh, a discount from Jimmy from his own code, which is Ninja Star Pod. That is the code. That's right? yeah, and it'll get you twenty percent off any order from SourcePointPress.com. Yes. That is the awesome. only place you can get a discount that big on our web store. So yeah, um, check it out, SourcePointPress.com. Click the store tab, and uh, always tune into this show every week. Awesome. Thank you very much, Josh. We'll be more with uh, Source Point Press later. But right now is the moment. All, right, so all I of think you. We have him on. Brian, we have are you him there? Up. Brian, are you there? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so close. So close. We're so close. We're almost there. 
Um, we are about to get into our Ghostbusters review. Uh, Which I feel like it's going to turn into a Ghostbusters debate. Debate <laughs> slash entire episode slash whatever. Um, we are uh, waiting to join with pop culture leftover host uh, Darth Brian. He's going to be on the show. Uh, Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers is an awesome dude. We figured we'd bring him on because when it comes to movie reviews and being brutally honest, he is the guy. Uh, it's like when you went to see Ghostbusters. Where did you go see it? He loved it. Um, yeah, so so I went and actually I checked out. I've never watched a movie in D-Box, which is a seat set move. Mm-hmm. So I decided to check out the 3D showing of Ghostbusters in D-Box. So that was an interesting experience for me to begin with, just because it was a different different view and experience what I'm normal with. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Over, over, yeah, it was, really, it was really cool. A lot of, like, the little jump scares they throw in the movie, you know, your, your seat would shake. And then, like, it's cool, though, because, like, whenever they would do, like, a painting shot, your seat would kind of move with it. Yeah. So it really added to, like, the feel of the, of the It was shots. almost like that, that, that 4D experience. Yeah. Except, like, you don't get sprayed in the yeah. face with slime and... I wonder yeah. what they would use they for that. that? You know they what I mean? Spray? In the 4D, yeah, the 4D, yeah, 4D does. 4D they do. Definitely. There's only a couple of theaters oh. in the country that do 4D. Okay. Um, so that was cool. Like overall, like I like my experience in the movie was very positive. Uh, I enjoyed the movie very much. Um, I know Jimmy's experience was slightly <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. You haven't seen it yet? No. Well, you know not. we are going to be loaded with spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Okay. We are, we, are, we are loaded with spoilers. I'm about it. Let's go. Um, well, we have in the, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen yeah. Wiig, mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon, yep. Leslie Jones, Chris Hemsworth, Sigourney Weaver, Michael yes. K. Williams, Neil Casey, Andy Garcia, no Charles way. Dance, Matt Walsh, Eliza Dushku. Uh, and Elizabeth Perkins. Wait, Bill Murray? Oh yeah, Bill yeah, Murray's yeah. in. He's, yeah, he's not in. He's not in the. Uh, not he, in he's the a cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was a cameo. That works. But you know, I, uh, I personally like. I I I think there's good and bad to this movie. Yeah. There really is. Um, there was a lot of good parts. Mm-hmm. Personally, I felt there was more bad parts than good. Okay. Uh, I when think, you say bad, do you mean like corny or like... Uh, I just mean, yeah, like I more or less sucks. mean lame. Like, I believe that the girls themselves did a fantastic job mm-hmm. with what they were given, but I think what they were given is complete crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, n- nothing about it was... Uh, there was, like I said, there was a couple funny parts, and really it was because of how the girls did what they had to do gotcha. and I was, I was laughing non-stop I thought I thought yeah. the, I thought their one-liners were fantastic <laughs> well, uh, and then Kate McKinnon was, Kate McKinnon I, stole oh, the show I, I she was, definitely stole the show I, I she felt was like the best she was one. just going off script every every scene and I just loved it <laughs> yeah uh, she had like she had it was just I think her character was is what was, it was so awesome oddball. about it yeah just it so, so oddball was, the way that she played it was yeah, really good because she was like this like she didn't she was a Which, weird brilliant scientist. A badass Ghostbuster? Yeah. Yeah, she's like the Egon. The Egon. They were all scientists, but yeah, she was the she was the gadget one. They kinda like like where Egon was more of like very reserved and like 
a little antisocial. Like she's like the opposite. Where she just like says whatever she's on her mind. She just doesn't care. How was and the so badass? The hey, let's do it. I'm all about whatever. And you know the one with the short blonde hair. No, that, that's her. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, that's her. Is it? Yeah, that's yeah. her. Oh, that's not. Oh no, because yeah. I thought that was the no, Kristen Wiig. She was like a redhead in the yeah. movie. Really? Yeah, Melissa McCarthy's brunette, and then Leslie Jones got black hair. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Kate, Kate McKinnon's the one. She was the blonde one. She was yeah. She was the best out of all of them. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get too much into it without Brian, but I want to. I, yeah. I, you know, I thought Kristen Wiig did a really good job. She too. did, dude. She really she, did. She, I think she played the character that you were supposed to relate to the most. Yeah. Because she was kind of like. You know, because the other two were more like <laughs> the other two were more just like we, you know, this is our thing. We don't care what people think. But she was more like trying to play the line of like wanting to be accepted and everything. So I thought Pat, Alessia Jones's character Patty was great too. Uh, let's talk about Chris Hemsworth's character. He was. Um, I, I, I feel like with him, they were trying to do more of a. Kind of a gender swap thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so they're, they're kind of, in my opinion, some of his stuff was funny, but his character was kind of it could have been like he removed. was overly stupid. Yeah, well, he I, was Matthew Perry, whole nine yards, stupid. Really? But, yes. But, but I, I feel like they were trying to do kind of like reference how like oh, you know. Cute girls get hired, no matter how they look. Oh yeah, that, so now he's the pretty boy. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was eye candy for like them. oh, even though he's dumb. We're yeah. gonna hire him. Then they said Kristen Wiig's character was always like, so, so he hot. wasn't really the Rick Moranis of. The oh no, 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 no! He was, really? he was, he was taking Janine's role, but it was like he was just so. Was it a combination or no? Oh, he was, he was just dumb. Way worse. Yeah. He was just really, <laughs> he was just really, really oh, dumb. No. And then, so for a while, like at one point in the movie, I thought it was going to be revealed that he's actually a ghost himself. Mm-hmm. That's or, what or they showed in the trailer. Or, or he's possessed by a ghost, and yeah. that's why he's just so dumb. Mm-hmm. I was like. Or, like, like he's or he's working. He's one of the villains, and he's spying on them. Like it just made no sense for how dumb he was. No. Yeah, it was a little too dumb. They yeah. showed that in I the mean, trailer. It's yes. like he got possessed, and then they showed him with his hands behind his back, like overlooking something that was going on with the ghost. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, well, he's gonna get possessed. And then and that, that, like, oh, yeah. that, that that's guy. happened, but that but happens towards the end of the movie. Like his, his character is introduced. He's just dumb. Like his, Damn it. <laughs> like his his job is to answer the phones and take messages. And the phone rings and was so ringing. Janine was basically cooler than he was. Oh yeah. Oh, way cooler. Uh, and Janine yeah. was tough, man. And like she was, she was way. It seems like she was way tougher one. in the first one than she was in the second about one. The second one. Yeah. She was hot in the second oh, one. Oh, way oh, hot. Yeah. Little, yeah. She's hot in the first one, guys. Ooh. I don't care what you say. <laughs> she was <laughs> nowhere near the level that she was in two. Yeah. Like yeah, she, she totally went. She went through a whole makeover. She was like, she was angry, divorced librarian in the. First one, <laughs> and in the second one, I mean, she's just you know, fashion faux pas, miss. You know, uh, I got I got a mink collared yeah. you know coat yeah. and all this stuff, and I'm gonna hook up with Rick and Moranis. We watched them back to back, and I was like, oh, watch, watch, here comes Janine, because you know, I mean, we're young. I used to be hot for Janine on the second one. Like, oh, oh yeah, God, with the leg over Rick Moranis. So like, she did something girl. for you in the first one, and then in the second the one, second blew your one, mind. She blew it out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she can get it. She can get it. <laughs> and my girl was like, will you shut up? It's Janine. I'm like, 
But look she at her Melnitz from my staff. Fishnets on. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but I mean, comparing to the to the original, you know, like they they said themselves, this is going to be a a not uh, it's a reboot. You know, yeah, they're not they're not continuing they're anything. Not, no. But yet, they still brought in a lot of the original stuff. A lot of good references. A lot of good references. Um, There was some decent ones as far as, like, you know, how Lewis Tully's running from that dog. And he bangs outside of that restaurant, like, let me in. You know, like, they had a scene that was sort of pay homage to that. They sort of had a scene, like, again, I'm not trying to get too, too, too much into it, but there was uh, a a scene where it was kind of harking back to Dan Aykroyd hanging down above the river, a slime type deal. Uh Um, I mean, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll get into more of that later on. But the the actual performance of the actors and actresses, I thought, were good. Uh, Even Chris Hemsworth being stupid. You know, this is we don't really get to see the guy do real comedy too much, like at that level. Like yeah. he's got like a couple I mean, one liners, but he's it, Mr. It, Norse God. It, yeah, you know? it, it's definitely a very different character than what he normally does, which I think is why he wanted to do the role. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because at first people were worried too, is he had his uh, the shots of him wearing the jumpsuit and the motorcycle. People thought they were going, oh, they're adding him as a Ghostbuster already. And I thought they did that really well. No, I thought that was completely him being possessed. And yeah. Yeah, should we uh, should we cut Wi-Fi to our uh, our mobiles and stuff to get the best connection? Dave, what do you think? What? I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Leslie Jones, you know, Leslie Jones did a fantastic job. Was that but the she was slime uh, got everywhere girl? No, that's no. Kristen Wiig. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Le- Leslie Jones. She was the one that worked in. Um, in the subway, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's good though because like everyone, like if you're trying to compare who they are, like mm-hmm. she's supposed to be the Winston, and, and and really they didn't really develop. Because oh. even in the the first trailer, they didn't say anything about him. I don't know about the second one, but like we watched it, and I was like, oh well, let's watch the trailer before we watch the movie. And the first trailer, nothing about Winston. They showed his picture, but there was no, hey, this is such and such as Winston. Right. Um, I don't know about the second one, but I didn't know if that's who she was supposed to be playing. Yeah. Or she was supposed to be playing more of a Dan Aykroyd type character. Well, see, she is just, to me, she was the perfect example of just massive talent and nobody knowing what to do with her. You know, like her jokes, dude, her jokes were lame. They were very stereotypical stuff that you figured somebody like her character would say. There was nothing that just, you know, stuck out really. I thought they gave her a point though. Like, like she... She's just like she's not a scientist like the other ones are. Right. But she, she was there. The but like, but she was. but she knew the city. Like like she. Yeah. But how does she know this? Know the city so well just but from they, being they a, a, a subway. No, they said that she, she she reads. She goes. I read a lot of nonfiction. So she. Oh reads, yeah. That's she, right. She, yeah. She, so she's just this everyday blue collar worker who so has a lot of downtime and she reads a lot of books about the history of New York, and so she just knows all this 
stuff because a she knows all the subway stops in the city and all that stuff because you know everyone's asking her like you know if I get for this stop where do you get for this stop so because of her job she knows that and she reads all these books about like hauntings or just the history of the the city and it made sense for her to be there like you know because she just like wanted to join the club and she just kind of says at her point she thought it was just going to be kind of like a book club like mm-hmm. we're all scientists plus Patty yeah <laughs> like it, it just makes sense to, to where like Winston they kind of explain why he was in the movie like you know it's hey bit, yeah. we, we need more help we yeah, know exactly but the, yeah. the interview process for him was just like hey we question Jenny you talked hired? to him for a minute and then she was like hey this is Winston he's hired this is the new guy and it's like yeah uh, okay I've never been in a job <laughs> and Ray that, that is like here yeah, here's yeah. the uh, traps and he's like uh, okay. <laughs> I always wonder if Winston actually got paid. <laughs> you right. Did, he, he, he does. Up. He did. Because remember, was, in, the, in the interview, go. he says, as long as there's a steady paycheck in it, uh, I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, he filled out no paperwork. <laughs> he just, you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> it's cash under the table job. You know, I mean, it's yeah. ghost busting. It can't be too legit at this yeah. point. Nobody believes in it. You know, there's probably not a union. Uh, I wouldn't say insurance benefits would be great. You're chasing after stuff that's not right. there. They probably exactly. think you're some kind of a drug addict. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably real high premiums. <laughs> and for all you out there who are thinking, I don't know if I should take my kids to see this. You know what? Let them watch Ghostbusters 1 and 2. I know you might think it's scary to them, but it's not. If you laugh throughout the movie, it'll be a good time. Um, my son was originally scared to see the new movie, but after watching 1 and 2 and laughing about it, and actually after watching Finding Dory and the whole Sigourney Weavers and Finding Dory, and when she pops up on the screen in Ghostbuster 1 and saying, hey, that's Dory's friend, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, this is a cool thing. No, I like, like the movie. That's exactly. Dory's friend. So now he went from... Um, no, Dad, I'm not going to see Ghostbusters with you. It's scary to, all right, well, you know, Dory's friend might be in the movie, which I'm pretty sure we'll get to. Yeah. At some point, she does have a cameo, you know, but it's good to push the kids into it, even though you might think it's too much. Because originally, I thought it was too much. I'm like, damn, I don't know if I can let them watch the first one, especially with the librarian. You know, she freaks out when she turns into her ghost form. Oh, yeah. You know, but in even in Ghostbusters 2, you know, let my dad tell it. I walked out of Ghostbusters 2 because I couldn't handle it. He said it was Batman, but I'm pretty sure it was Ghostbusters 2. It freaked me out a little bit, you know, being younger, but... Let's kind of compare the scenes real quick. The The original mm-hmm. Ghostbuster scene the in the library, yep. they walk down, they see the ghost, yep, they talk and he's to like, and all right, just follow me, stay close, out. just stay close, he jumped. get ready. Ready? Get her! Get her! <laughs> and she, he jumped. He was like, oh, shit. I'm like, ah, funny. Ah, <laughs> exactly. But now, <laughs> this one, okay, they're in, they're not in a library. They're in like a, a, a historic home. Home, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, what what did you think how the ghost looked? Oh, get her. And I didn't that's think it looked that slime, bad. Like, right? the people were like, I know a lot of people were complaining about I, that. All right. And, and oh, I didn't think it looked too bad. Um, I don't. I think they're trying to compete with with movies nowadays. That's the thing. Like, was that the the from the trailer, the slime getter? You yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even jump that much about that. He was like, 
Oh, she got slime and all. Yeah, it's nasty. Look. Well, that was a and that was a running gag there. This movie it was Kristen Wiig's character getting slimed. Right. Was kind of running gag. Oh, was it throughout the whole movie? Kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's. It, it's just though. I think it's hard to com- compare. Like you can't really compare shot for shot this movie and the original movie because they weren't trying to do a shot for shot. Like they they were trying to capture the same feel. And then I think this movie has a lot of the the elements that made the original movie so great. I think this movie had that. Um, they had Marshmallow Man, yes. Yes. Okay, that's good. Then we, again, that was more of a cameo role of with them. It was funny stuff because they weren't trying to do like. You know, this wasn't like okay, we're gonna do this girl's team. We're Lots gonna do the same story. Type. It's a new story, yeah. and it's more modern take too. Because you gotta figure what's what's huge in the box office right now are the Avengers movies, the superhero movies. Right. So they had to make the Ghostbusters this movie be more in vain with that, you know, and, and that's what they did. Because this movie, in my opinion, is competing with movies of its time. To where Ghostbusters is competing with movies of its time. I think it's almost like it's too late for a for a reboot. Like, is that why it's not going to... I don't think you can do a... a, I don't think... No one wants to see an actual remake of it. But the Ghostbusters 3, like... I think if they did, people would love it. But the problem is the original cast don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. No, they don't. Yeah, none of them did. And that's why... How many stories did we hear about Bill Murray ripping up, you know, the scripts? Yeah, way too long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are, are we still doing an all male version? Is that still on the table? Somewhere? I don't know. I don't know, man. They they might they might they, they might they not. I mean, this whole they they created this production company that made this movie just to make these Ghostbuster properties. So they have intentions right. of doing a lot. I'm talking about doing that cartoon at some point. There's going to be another movie. Right. Casey tells me it's not happening. It's not going down. All right. All well, we're going to make this work one way or the other because Skype is not Take cooperating. I have our guest phone. on the phone. He's on speaker. Hey. We're sharing a mic. So Brian, this is going to be awkwardly close for us. Let's do it. <laughs> Jimmy, quit making out of the microphone. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce our guest calling in from Chicago, Illinois, or Peora, Illinois, host of Pop Culture Leftovers. Brian is on the show. Brian, what's going on? What up, B? Hey, what's up, man? I'm happy to be on the, on the Starship finally. Kind of. I know this is weird. I, this, is, this actually feels like Ghostbusters because like, I was trying to Skype in with you guys. I could hear you, but you couldn't see me or hear me or anything. <laughs> you were really, you, you were, so you, you were the ghost. ghost. <laughs> uh, we were we were just kind of going over, you know, like what we thought of uh, of the different, uh, you know, portrayals of the cast, what they did, how they did. Um, you know, my personal feeling is I thought that the girls did a great job with what they had, but as far as what they were given, I thought personally was just garbage and I, I'm, I'm on the uh, I'm on the side of I thought the movie was pretty much shit. Uh, Will on the other hand loved the movie he thought it was great uh, Norm, your opinion don't matter, you never saw it Not yet, um, I'm but, excited <laughs> uh, But Brian um, what did you think about the movie? I want to know why Norm didn't watch it. Was it like one of these things where like he boycotted the movie because uh, it's all late? No, not even like- a not even a little bit. I'm you know the resident Uber driver had to work. Yeah, had to bust yeah. It out. Resident I Uber did driver. Definitely had to work. try and find it somewhere online. 
I tried to find it somewhere online last night, which is wrong. But I tried to find it so we could talk about it before I took the kids to see it in the theater. But they're excited to see it. I'm excited to see it, regardless of what type of reviews it gets. And, you know, I'm excited to see all the cameos that are going on that I haven't heard about. And I'm curious with you, did you stay till the end of the credits? Uh, let's see here. Um, I, uh, well, yeah, the reviews are actually quite good. It's got like yeah. 73% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so I'm impressed by that. Um, I'm not. I think there's a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. Let me, let me get to this. Let me get to this, okay? This, uh, let me take you on my little journey here, because I was one of the people that was, I was so excited. Like, I really was excited for the ladies. I'm a big fan of Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon, and, and I, I love Kristen Wiig. Not a huge fan of McCarthy, but I mean, in, it used in certain doses I like her. I liked her in Bridesmaids, but she was funny. Um, this movie, for me, I was really looking forward to it. I was one of the people that was like, oh man, I stand behind this movie. I can't wait to see the ladies. I saw it, and it is it is, it was, it's pretty bad. I, I, I did not like it <laughs> at all. Um, I had a huge problem with the editing in this film. I don't know if you guys noticed how choppy it was. Yeah, 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 real choppy. And and I and that, I thought that they played it for laughs at first. I was like, oh, they're playing it for laughs. Like we're gonna have they think what's re- like a really funny scene, and then they're just gonna cut to a different scene. But that's not exactly what it was. I found out Paul Feig, he had recorded, he had filmed more than four hours of footage for the film. Yeah. And what he does is he just cuts it down to what he likes. And that's and, and it showed in the movie. I thought it was horrible. I had a huge problem with the editing in this film. Yeah. Um, there was a couple times where, like, they even said things that hadn't happened yet. You know, like, knowing that the ghost was a, a guy. You know, they're like, if he's doing this or he's doing that. And it's like, you don't know... It's a dude yet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I Go ahead. Sorry, dude. It, it also wasn't fun. And Ghostbusters, for me, should be fun. And I mean, you can say, you can argue that and say, oh, it had tons of jokes in it, so it was fun. But I'm talking about just, like, the experiences for me of them catching the ghost for the first time was just to pay off a gag about a ghost that looks like a flying dragon in a metal concert. Right. I thought that was kind of a weird choice for the first ghost. When you watch the Ghostbusters when they first, like the original Ghostbusters, when they caught that ghost, you're in that room with them, dude. And you you see like the supernatural event happening and their hair's getting whipped all over the place. They're trying to control the thing. And when they finally catch that ghost, man, you you have a sigh of relief as the viewer, just like they do in the film, and it like got me into these guys. The girls, it was just a pay off the stupid fucking gag. Yeah, man, I, I I fully agree with you. I thought that that was way out of left field to bring in that as as that's the ghost, and and kind of tropey too. That oh, we're at a metal concert, let's make it a dragon ghost. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought, was, was, to me, it seemed most out of place in that scene was the Ozzy Osbourne cameo. Why would he be at that small-ass metal fest? <laughs> yeah, it looked like it was like a, a total real <laughs> small, like a bar it, venue. It looked, it looked like a We've got Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminded me of School of Rock at the Ritz. What was that woman that's been giving yeah. them a blowjob? She probably went to that concert. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. We now know why. <laughs> you yeah, know, and that's why he yelled shit. 
scared because he thought he was busted because she looks like the dragon. Again. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was you. I thought it was you, Sharon. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 I I really I really could have gave this movie like Okay, you know, it, it's not anything like the original. There is some funny parts, mainly just by how the girls acted the parts out. Uh, I was good. Really, I, I thought it would have been decent until the very end. That scene where they're in the portal, they fall in that portal, and Kristen Wiig is going after Melissa McCarthy, and she's kind of just like flying in this... Yeah, you know, almost like uh, it, it reminded me of like Ant Man when he when he goes in the subatomic. It, you know, you know it was me, like it reminded me of Iron Man. It, yeah, no, you know what reminded me of Iron Man is when Kate McKinnon's got her Whiplash uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> things out. That's the first thing I thought well, no, of. I was so, like, "Where's so, Mickey Rourke?" Well, so, so the, the I don't know why the city ordered a cable that was a fucking mile long. <laughs> <laughs> See, all this is coming out. It was just, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean. Well, I, I, I felt like that scene that reminded me a lot of the Avengers movie when Iron Man, uh, when Iron Man goes through the portal in the Avengers to drop off the nuclear warhead, and the only reason I make it back or not, like that was kind of like their sacrifice moment. Because this movie, they even said like before this movie came out that they were making this movie to kind of compete with the Avengers movie, so it had, it, it had a lot of like comic book feel to it. The whole fight scene at the end was very much trying to compete with the modern day comic book movie, and not so much like a horror movie, which I, that was kind of odd. Yeah. They should have let Melissa McCarthy just do a Hans Gruber and fall to her death and bury his fucking. <laughs> I agree. Oh my god! I I'm I'm there, man. That would that would have been the ultimate payoff. Just oh, she didn't come back. Ah, oh, shucks. <laughs> did did awesome. you stay till the end after the credits? Did you stay till the end after the credits? You know what? I saw. I was like, oh, okay. I can sit here for a little bit and I can watch this <laughs> Or I can get the fuck out of this theater like everybody else did. I missed. Damn. I do, know, I do know what happened though. There's a there's a tease to a character, which um, I'll be honest with you. I think Star Trek Into Darkness made this exact same mistake and it pissed off everybody. So I don't know why they're going down this fucking rabbit hole again. What was your uh, what's your opinion on on the actual cameos in the movie? Um, you know, you had you had Bill Murray, uh, who I mean, the, the character was fitting. He's like this debunker of, of paranormal. Um, but and then you know, Dan Aykroyd, the cab driver, and uh, Ernie Hudson as uh, Leslie Jones' uncle. Um, all I thought were were decent. You know, could have been decent cameos, but Bill Murray's I thought was just the worst out of all of them. It was horrible. You could tell that he was just there to collect a paycheck because he had no excitement at all. His character was not engaging. Not at and, all. Like, um, you know, look at his cameo in Zombieland and how fun that was. It's a reboot. And how boring this was. Um, my favorite of the cameos was Harold Ramis, the Harold Ramis bus, because it said nothing. Yeah, that's 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 the best cameo was Harold Ramis. Wow! <laughs> Did you see the cigarette weaver cameo? I thought hers was pretty funny. Oh, he didn't hear you. Sorry, here. Go ahead. Did you see the uh, Segura Weaver cameo? That, that was during the credits, though. Yeah, I did see that. I did see the Scorning Weaver um, cameo. I'll be honest with you. 
um, I wasn't blown away by it, by it, but I thought to myself, wow, she's looking, she's looking really good. For she her always age. looks good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yeah. she's yeah. not look good. Yeah, she looks fabulous. Getting she's one of them for, that just she's like, she ages to perfection. Getting ready for aliens, huh? <laughs> getting ready. Oh yeah, yeah. She's gonna come back as Ripley. That's what I hear. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, out of out of all of them, I thought Dan Aykroyd's was the best cameo. But even his, you know his lines where he's like, "I don't drive freaks, I don't, and I don't, uh, I ain't afraid of no, no ghosts. ghosts." Yeah, you know, it's like that. It was all right, but you know, at the same time, just there was just so much that pulled me out of this movie, man. That I every time I thought I was about to get into it. They had to do something that completely just ripped me out, and it was just face and palm. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, like the Dan Aykroyd cameo. Did you know that they actually had a TV trailer that gave that away? Uh, no, I know they had one that gave the Bill Murray cameo away. They gave away two of them? No, the Bill Murray. They just recently did the Bill Murray. Oh, dude. Like, it's because they're trying, I think they're trying to get people excited to see this movie, because this movie's like, was one of the it's most anticipated, hated movies of all time. Well, they already knew it was going to bomb. I mean, they're like, oh, it's going to make $45, 50000000 million. Well, like, well, it's like, dude, guys. Star Wars just came out and killed everything. It's like, you have, the bar has been raised. Like, $45, 50000000 million is nothing now. Like, yes, I know. We, we talked about this at breakfast. If I could make $45 million in a day, sweet. You know, all y'all can, you know, kiss my ass. But <laughs> at the same time, like, this is something that you put $150 million in. Now, if I put $150 million and I only got 45 back and everybody tells and tells me that this sucks, I'm sorry. Like, ain't no sequel coming. This is over. All well, done. Well, both you guys went to see it on opening night and you guys were both like, yeah, the theater is empty. Why is the theater empty for a brand new movie that just came out? It should have more people in it. Yeah, it was empty for uh, for my screening. There was probably maybe 20, 20 people there tops. There was 20 people. Yeah, there was Sucks. 20 people in my screen. Granted, it was in 3D, so it usually gets less people. But still, though, at, seven, at 8 o'clock on Thursday night, 3D showing should have more than 20 people. Yeah. Dude, when I showed up there, like I thought it was going to be a line. I did. I thought there was going to be a line. I got, it, it was 7.15 was the airtime. I got there at uh, 5.15. I figured we'd hang out at, the, at you know McGuffin's Bar, have some beer, and then go in and sit in line. There's no line. There's no guardrails for no line. There's nothing. And I asked the guy, I was like, you know, are you guys expecting anything for Ghostbusters? He's like, oh, you guys are here way too early. He's like, we're not expecting anybody for that movie. And I'm like, ugh, right off the gate, people are like, it's it's not happening. Yeah, I work in a movie theater, and Friday night, our opening for Ghostbusters, uh, Secret Life of Pets did way more than that. Wow. Uh, Ghostbusters did for us. <laughs> Ghostbusters got beat out by Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, yeah. which is their second week for, for, for our show. It's because of that system of a down drop, dude. Has to be. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the, all the metalheads are bringing their kids to go see it. Um, Brian, dude, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, before we let you go, please uh, plug your show and, and where people can find it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and hey, and thanks for having me on, by the way, man. Hey, not a problem, dude. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, Pop Culture Leftovers. We talk about comic books, movies, TV shows, all that stuff. Uh, You can just find us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Uh, Pop Culture Leftovers. And uh, we have our website, popcultureleftovers.com. So check us out. Awesome. Brian, thanks for uh, having her. Thank you for coming on. And uh, we're going to have to do this again. We'll do it from the studio, and we'll have you in on Skype, man. Sounds great, man. I'll definitely come back to the Starship. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Can't wait to hear the Sunday show. All right.
You're listening to the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McNutt. Hi, this is Ciara Hanna, the Yellow Super Megaforce Ranger, and you're listening to Ninja Starship. Macho Man Randy Savage, Sarasota, Florida. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steam. But what's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. There are 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah. Cup of coffee in the big time. Because you'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And George the Animal Steel on the outside will be no factor, yeah. You say no factor. Obviously, he is a factor or you wouldn't even brought it up. Oh, wow. Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you got 23 wrestlers around the outside and it doesn't even matter, no. Because I am ready and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man. Wow, man, freak out. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. Incoming transmission. And we are back live, episode 52, celebrating the one-year anniversary, live from Liberty Comics in Roseville, Michigan. If you are in the area or just love comics, period, come down, check out the store, say hi to us. We're here. We are broadcasting. We will be here till 5 we are joined by Source Point Press. They are here as well. We have Josh Warner and Casey Pierce in the house. And actually, on the mic, Miss Casey Pierce is back for what? Your third return to the Starship? Hey, man, I'm a Starship trooper. God, what can get I out of here three times. Light. Casey's just slowly but surely taking over our entire network. But that happens. <laughs> that's, 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 that's okay. Like, that's, that's her game plan. Yeah. Uh, I feel like at home she has a big poster that has every show in the network on there. She just goes home and crosses it off. Well, <laughs> I cast Detroit Bingo. That, that one, uh, <laughs> Guess who just happened to show up? <laughs> um, but you had some, uh, you know, for, for those new listeners, uh, you are the writer and creator of Nora. Yes. From Source Point Press. Mm-hmm. Um, just the other day. We saw some exciting news that you were taking pre-orders for issue two of Nora. Yes, yes. Um, Let's get into issue two. Well, first, for the new listeners, explain what issue one is about. Okay. Nora is a coma fisher for hire. She has the ability to delve into your mind's eye and retrieve you from or help you cross over during a coma. I was like, so what's a coma fisher? Um, just that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like I'm, I'm thinking the movie Dreamscape. Right. Mm-hmm. Do they bite on nightcrawlers or is yeah. it... Uh, that was a horrible joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I know. A special lure that a you special have. special lure? Like, is blinking illegal? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with issue one, we really eased you in and sort of introduced uh, what Nora does for a, a living. Um, we sort of, um, with this issue saga we're doing a rewind where the real story is actually her backstory so in issue two we're going to delve into her dark past um with uh working in pathogenic development for the cia um so you get a feel for why she has such a tragic demeanor and also start to piece together how she's doing what she's doing how is she able to do this Mm -hmm. so like the the first one really just sets up what she does and then mm-hmm. this is when the shit. So this is hits the, the Empire fan. Strikes Back of the series. Yes, yes. this is when. Yep. Yeah. This is when shit hits the fan, and we are not slowing down. Awesome. Now so people gonna get- are going to be very shocked. Mature audiences only. 
You're not ready for this. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Yep. Absolutely. We're very, very stoked. So uh, if if this is how you're saying this goes so dark, as as a creator, where do you go in your own mind to write something like this? Like, where do you go in your head to reach that level of dark and scary to then put onto paper and put into a book? I think it just comes naturally sitting at the computer and listening to music and sort of um, just letting go, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we all have a dark side to us. And, you know, I'm a very bubbly person. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I know how to channel my dark side. Right. And I use it to my advantage. Um, so, and I, when I create art, you know, it, it comes out very dark and heavy. And um, Dirk Manning had described me as a very heavy writer. And uh, it is it's something either you acquire a taste for or you have to be in the mood for. And I understand that. Uh, you're not always going to be everyone's cup of tea. But that's just uh, how I am. And that's just natural. So, You know, I, I know like when I'm... When, at least back, you know, when I when I would write stuff and and I would really start to write dark things. Like personally, like I could, in my brain, channel myself to be that person in that moment and feel those things. Mm-hmm. That way, it was that much easier and felt more authentic to come out on, you know, when you're writing it down. Right. So that's like how I kind of see. Like when I read the stuff, I'm like, man, I know where I went when I was writing dark stuff, but. How, where the fuck did you go? Like this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of where the whole, um, you know, I became obsessed with the CIA when I listened to uh, an NPR special mm-hmm. about um, different types of torture, and uh, music torture was one of them that really got me roped in. So I started uh, researching the CIA and just got more and more into it. Plus, I'm obsessed with neurology. Mm-hmm. You know, I was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis when I was 24, and I did a lot of self educating and becoming obsessed with neurology uh, I paired that with my obsession with the metaphysical and there you have Nora and what she does and how the science will make sense uh, in issue two as much as possible mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah when uh, when is this uh, you're doing pre-orders when is it actually release release um, that I do not know for sure I know it's, it's a, a mystery it's at the end of the month uh, at least on Comixology so. very cool very cool well, I'm very excited to for pre-order this. it uh, sourcepointpress.com yep and Source if you use press. offer code NinjastarPod, you can get 20% off. Hell yeah. You plug, can't be plug, 20% plug. off. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. And if you don't love the Ninja Starship, you're wrong. I just imagine now, though, that you were on some watch list for all your CIA research. You know, I would not <laughs> doubt it. You know, especially since writing Pizzas of Madness and, you know, from Nora's there. Nora's one of like, those, like, red flag books that when you buy, <laughs> yeah. they're all like, bing, watch that person. Oh, have yeah, tried, absolutely. Have you tried flying recently? No. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to play ahead. No, no, no. You know, it's great with, um, you know, with anything, I like to invite the audience to um, question things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned before that some people think that war is a, a necessary thing. Um, sending a message as heavy as what their pathogenic development team does. You know, in the second issue, I can tell you, she says, when you wanted the enemy to taste hell, you called us. So, um, but some people, you know, they take the reverse view of it. Either way, I don't care what you think, so long as you felt. Right. So, I'm very excited for this issue. I am too, uh, because the first one, straight up, made me uh, well up quite a little bit at the end there. Yeah, I remember you told me that. It did. And it was in front of other dudes, so, you know, <laughs> there's that. 
<laughs> Jimmy's it's, crying again. Uh, Jimmy's crying. crying again. Again. We got to go to a commercial. Yeah, I, the, the first issue is definitely a point where I was like, she Whoa. made it really dark with this. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, spoilers for the first issue, it deals a lot with a young, a young child trapped in a coma. And it's just you don't know which direction this child's going to go. Yeah, way to already pull on your heartstrings in the beginning, yeah. like dealing with an innocent who is helpless. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you want to read more of where the story's going, it's down right now for repairs, CosmicCasey.com, both with K's. Um, but once it's up again, uh, the prophecy effect is where this all stems from. So it's a novelization version. So if you kind of want to read ahead, you are more than welcome. Awesome. Casey, uh, SourcePointPress.com. Yes. Take your pre-orders right now. Yes. CosmicCasey.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Both with K's. Both with K's. What, what's your women's lib joke? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's for my Instagram. My oh, Instagram yeah, is yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Plug at your KCDWrites, not as in uh, women's lib, but as in physical writing. That's what I always say. <laughs> Kablam. Or Twitter, at CosmicCasey, both with K's, of course, Facebook.com, slash CosmicCasey. You know, since you're here... And we were just talking about Ghostbusters, and it was a very male-dominated subject about women taking Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion, being a woman and seeing a full cast of women Ghostbusters and all of that happy horse shit? What, what's your opinion about the movie? You know, <laughs> about the whole gender angle in general, um, I always say, you know, uh, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. So I think the same should go for actors and actresses. I mean, we're out of the 50s mentality, okay? Mm -hmm. We're done with that. Um, What do you mean? Where's your husband? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm in the kitchen cooking right now. (laughs) Actually, I love cooking. Um, (laughs) But anyways, um, that said, it wasn't that that bothered me. It was... Fact that right after, and we discussed it at breakfast, mm-hmm. that Harold Ramis died, and like you know, he was saying that his body wasn't even cold. And Sony was like, "Okay, we got to scramble together and throw a new script together." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! What, what, what? You know?" And that to me um, was very in poor taste, mm-hmm. you know. And I knew that there would be a half-assed product sort of being produced. But even when I saw the preview, it was like when they show me the dipstick at my oil change, I was very indifferent. Like, what the hell am I looking at? Right. Uh, I don't know. Like, you see how bad this is? You're like, uh... Yeah. Sure. Oh, yep, sure. you changed the oil there. I can totally like, tell. Well, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'll agree with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I was just like, huh, that made me feel nothing. I don't feel excited and I don't feel uninterested. So, Well... I think a lot is to be said when the second biggest uh, movie market in the world, China, uh, and thanks, Dave, for pointing this out because I didn't know this, but they said, we're not releasing Ghostbusters in China mm-hmm. at all. We yeah. don't want it here at all. And usually it's because like we were reading how there's an obscure law about anything to do with occult or ghosts or anything like that really doesn't fly over there. They have a completely different reason. They were just mm-hmm. like, no, nah, we just don't want it here. It's it, we don't think that we would be into it, meaning that we all think this sucks, right? You know, at least that's how I'm taking it. Maybe they're trying to say something different, but no. Well, it just would have uh, no general appeal to the Chinese demographic as a whole. As a, <laughs> that's a lot. Of whole, people. That's a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, but, but there's nah. millions that are yeah, all like but, billion. No, but it's yeah, billion. 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 The flip side of that argument, though, is Warcraft was the number one movie there, and Warcraft completely divorced than Ghostbusters here. 
So it, it is a different different demographic and market. Yeah. So that it, argument, it, it, I mean, it is interesting that they're not showing Ghostbusters because it's such a big property. But, I mean, you look at how Warcrafted here versus how Warcrafted there, you can see there is there is slightly different. Yeah, same, same uh, Terminator Genesis, yeah. same thing. Bombed here, huge, huge over there. Over there. became number one yeah. movie in the world because of over there. Which is another movie I really enjoyed most than more people. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was I great. I did too, man, yeah. Still haven't watched it. No, no. See, I'm, I'm, I am an unapologetic Arnold Schwarzenegger. See, fan. to me, like me that, too. that me franchise too. to me, it's like uh, 24. Uh huh. Like when 24, dude, season one, episode one, I was like, yes, I am all in. Yeah. Then they were like, all right, hey, we're bringing it back for season two, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm still all in. Then like they announced season three, and I'm like, how many end of the world effing days am I supposed to believe that one dude has? <laughs> right. I'm out. Like, Every not day. even Elijah Cuthbert can keep me watching. Like, this you really need to think about your lifestyle choices, man. Like, <laughs> so, so well, and then the obvious, and then, then you say, well, wait, when does he poop? Right. Yes. When does he sleep? When, because like if like they did they did like a poop beep on my life, like the first three episodes would be nothing more than me hitting snooze. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you're not excited for the for them bringing twenty four back. Are they? I heard. I heard, I heard something I heard about that. that. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a new lead. But yeah, they're trying to bring the franchise back. Nah, I'm done. Nope, I'm out. Yeah, and it's, it's not Kiefer, right? Yeah, it, it's. I think they're going with a younger person. No, no, no. Yeah, it's going to be a new, a new agents that the following. <sighs> no, mm. I'm, I'm not in for that. Sorry, not me. It's too I never, soon. Not me. Too I soon. never watched. It is kind of too soon. It is because like you have got you know all these reboots for the new generation. Man, that was gone like for five when minutes. When Kiefer well, Sutherland well, looks if, like Donald Sutherland, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, but see now if they had been smart and they'd taken that route from the get go, we're all right. Season one, Kiefer Sutherland. Season two, someone else in L.A. Season three, somebody. Okay, mm-hmm. I that that would that might have made Changed given it a little bit more longevity, but yeah, no, yeah, not the no, same now, dude. Now you're. Who wants to be a millionaire that they put on five days a week and killed it? Like you were going out of your way to find these problems. To get yourself, yeah, maybe people <laughs> just don't like you. Yeah. That's it. You're you're the problem. That's it. I'm amazed with the Sesame American Horror Story that more shows don't do that. The every season, switch things every up. Season every season is different, yeah. you know, or even use reusing the same cast but for different characters. Well, it's like, what was that movie? Uh, Go. Oh. That had like it was the it was the same story like four different times and that all culminated at the end. Yeah. Like that, like culminated. that to me might have been interesting. Is it culminated? Culminated? Cumulated? Cumulated? Yeah. Cumulated at the end. It's all about, it's all about the syllable and phases. Where they all are a cohesive unit at the end of the film, whatever that word is. <laughs> It's like just a bunch of different stories that end right. up at the same. Right. But right. it's really good. And the guy has yeah. to stare off with the cat, Xerxes. <laughs> Wasn't there another movie like that? Wasn't it a, um, a Tarantino Crash. film? It was Go, a- Crash did uh, it, yeah, too. Momentum. No, laws of, was it Rules of Attraction or Laws of Attraction? Something like that? Oh, I said well, it was a Laws of Attraction. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. it, it was the one with, what's his name from Varsity Blues? Uh, who? The, uh, Dawson? Yeah. You're my boy, Blue. I have no idea. Oh, never mind. No, I don't ever want to bring up Dawson's Creek on the show again. I've, you know, I've never even seen. I've never even seen an episode. Now we have of to Dawson's reset the Creek. clock. Next week we will be start one over. Week new broadcast. <laughs> Sorry, I've never, I've never seen that, but I just know. You, never, you didn't watch Dawson's Creek? No. Aren't you a '90s kid? Yeah. You're a liar. 
No, you I've were, never. I you swear were, to God, you were their, their demographic. <laughs> I know, but I don't know what I was doing. I was probably watching Nickelodeon. Yeah, I was too. I was too. I uh, I don't know, man. It. it I don't know. I don't know. Josh, you want to get in here? Josh, Casey, Josh, let's switch spots. All righty. Let's Bye. bring you in here. This is live. We're just winging it at this point. Just kill the mood. Show to grinding halt. Let's see how much better you do. Your defense came on back. Josh. Welcome back. Thanks, man. I'm happy to be here. It's actually been a really long time since you've been on the show. You were it one has. of the uh, very first guests, really. It's true. I've actually... Um, like, I'm you were so early on, that show's not even available anymore. Makes, <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> well, you're here now. It just means I've been too busy to uh, interact socially with human beings. It's, well, you know, you, you are running SourcePoint Press. That that takes a lot. Yeah, uh, you're yeah. you're one of the the big team members, so that that's yeah. demanding. I'm gonna I'm gonna die early. I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. I've already aged uh, excessively. I'm like uh, I have like old man balls face now. Old man balls face. Yeah, like I, I've got Mel Gibson forehead. I got so many lines. I swear each one is just from like a month of source point. Uh, I, I know there I know the saying is like there's 24 usable hours in a day, but you're not supposed to take that literally <laughs> at all. Yeah. So yeah. Every every gray hair is a podcast Detroit phone call that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Josh, let's talk about Source Point Press. What are what are some of the new things that you have coming out? Uh, so right now we're in the middle of a bunch of cool stuff. Um, we're in the middle of a Kickstarter. Uh, so I guess that's worth mentioning. <laughs> Um, the Kickstarter is actually for one of my projects, which is pretty cool. Um, it's called Classic Pulp. It is quite um, literally... You're, you're not in the middle of that anymore. It passed its goal yesterday. Uh, in fact, I did that. You did that. I, we, I, Bob and I put it over the top. Is that, hence the, that hence the over-the-top graphic. Um, so we're, <laughs> we still have, like, what, like 18 days, 20 days left on it, something like that? Oh, and it can always go higher, but oh, you, yeah. you, you've achieved I mean, your goal. Right. I mean, our goal was kind of an arbitrary number um, because we already fronted all of the money ourselves. So, like, we, we paid for everything. The print run is in. We The, the boat from China has arrived. The product is here, which is cool because um, we're not going to be one of those people that take a year and a half to get you your stuff, yeah. if ever. Like, there's no risk in our, our Kickstarter. Are like, you listening, RoboCop statue guys? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we're still waiting. Waiting. Um, Waiting. <laughs> Bueller. <laughs> Basically, the incentive to get this through the Kickstarter instead of through us is that um, the pricing is a little bit better. There's some good deals. And it's an opportunity for us to give you cool bonus stuff. I mean, if you see if it's at a con or you buy from a store, you're not going to get cool bonus stuff. Yeah, I, I have. I have now backed uh, four Kickstarters that are all the uh, – and I always get the uh, source point starter kit. Oh, not yeah. because I need those again, but because that's what I give out to people. Oh, that's like, cool. That's what, <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah, take that's it. That's a sweet idea. Yeah, why not? Um, so for those who haven't seen the Kickstarter or anything like that, uh, just search for Classic Pulp on there. It is um, The Kickstarter is for issue one and issue two. Um, it basically is remastered, reconstructed pulp from the 30s to the 50s. Uh, and each issue focuses on a different genre. And I kind of like handpick each story um, from things that I love and uh, and things that I really appreciate that I think need kind of a voice and need to be seen again. Well, and so, and for those who aren't familiar with it, like, so what is pulp? 
Oh, that's it's a great question. Your orange juice. That's right. That's a great question because I, I live in a no pulp world. I, in my I, fridge. I, I'm no pulp. <laughs> so a lot of people they associate pulp the wrong way. Um, well, obviously the first people things that come to mind are people are always like, well, like Pulp Fiction didn't they invent that term? It's like no, Pulp Fiction was a film based on like it was basically inspired by actual pulp fiction. Um, pulp is actually a term that was applied to. A type of cheap paper that was used in lower tier, cheaper, kind of lowbrow uh, books, magazines, and comics. And that paper was made out of wood pulp. And that's um, why it was more textural uh, and kind of why it felt and looked the way it did. And that was the cheapest way to go. These were for the book company, the publishers that didn't have the money for the nice glossy magazine stock that all the fancy people would be reading. And what's funny about this is because of this kind of like lower tier publishing they attracted a certain type of writer and therefore attracted a certain type of reader, which kind of brought the genres into play. So pulp doesn't associate itself with a necess- necessarily a particular genre. It covers a lot of genres, all genres, really. But it did rely on quick sales. It needed to be able to sell something just based on the cover because it didn't have a famous writer or a famous artist. So it was always about the a quick whole lot sale. of cleavage. Yeah, so Most typically. <laughs> um, they used a lot of really like shocking things, especially for the time. They were like, yeah, how, the do 30s, we, yeah. Yeah, how do we Man, get people's see? attention? Yeah. With the dames and the broads and the gams. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so a lot And the of, classic radio announcements. <laughs> <laughs> there was some uh, crazy bondage going on, um, a lot of high pants. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they used uh, really titillating uh, <laughs> devices, you know, so a lot of, a lot of violence, a lot of crime, um, you know, and a lot of sexually charged things. Right. And so me personally, like I've gotten hired to do some pulp related inspired things. Um, and some of those are in the Kickstarter awards. Like um, I worked for a company that hired me to do, it was called a trading card set called Pulp Detectives. And they wanted me to create fake magazine, pulp magazine covers that could have existed in that time period. And I did some really fun ones. There's one called Lust Crazed Crime. And you can get a print of that magazine cover that I'd created uh, as one of the rewards. Um, one called Homicide Detectives. And they, they focus on this really, the kind of stuff you'd hide under your bed, you know, like that you didn't want your mom to find really, really out there fiction. Like and when you found Fox Magazine was the next step up from Playboy. Right. You had to really hide that one. Yeah. I just Nothing went straight to the Samantha here. Fox posters on my wall. There you so. go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so the Kickstarter, what happens is basically... Uh, what you're funding is is basically uh, um, you're, you're buying it, you're pre-ordering it. We're going to give it to you for a good deal, and it allows us to get the sales rolling on a big, huge print run that we did. Really, really cool. The stock, the paper stock is awesome. It's really, um, it's the closest thing to a time machine that you can get. It is right on. It's meant to look like you're holding an original product that you got back then. And what I do is I, I take um, partially destroyed copies, original copies of. Uh, really, really old pulp stuff that's from companies that have gone under, and uh, ha- most of it has never been republished again. And that means I take out rips, tears, crayon marks, pieces of tape, and I Photoshop everything to look exactly like the first day it was printed. And uh, now people have the opportunity to read this again because otherwise your your chances of finding it are very very slim, um, unless you want to pay like five hundred dollars on eBay for an original copy or if you can manage to find like a damaged copy, and uh, and that's that's tough. So um, another big goal of mine personally is that we find that a lot of 
inkers, letterers, writers even didn't get written credit in a lot of these publications, which blows my mind. At the time, we were very author and novel driven. Yeah, so yeah. when it came time to make a comic, um, they're like, oh, some other guys too. Like they didn't bother mentioning who did like the like. That the had to be the because colors. of the medium too, because like nobody really took it's, comic books seriously exactly. at that point. Like well, these, are, these are funny pages. Well, you know? I was saying, right. some of it might have been that they didn't necessarily want to be like, yeah, they right, wanted the cash right. from the job, right? Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, I don't really want to put my name on that. Yeah, they didn't exactly. want to be associated yeah. with it, especially. Yeah. We publish stuff. authors here, sir. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> especially the pulp stuff. It was lowbrow. It was in your face. It was offensive. You know, at the time. So uh, yeah. There's a lot of this stuff doesn't have any written credit. So a lot of the research, a lot of my end, is doing research to make sure that I give these guys written credit for their work for the first time mm-hmm. since it's ever been, you know, published and created. And uh, most of these people are dead now, so it's not like they'll know. But no, but even but finding how, them though, like yeah. how do you go about finding them that? if it's not published? Like you got to really it's put tricky. in some. Yeah, um, it's tricky. I, I'm part of a couple different groups um, online that I email back and forth with. Um, a lot of these old dudes who are kind of like comic historians and stuff like that who've um, done some of the legwork for me and. My legwork is kind of uh, finding out what, how, how accurate I can get. What is this hearsay? Is this fact? Is there proof and that kind of thing? And you'll actually see I'm, I'm very honest in the credits when I write it in there. I'll tell you flat out if I could not find who did this. And if I did find who did this and I'm not entirely sure, I'll tell you that this is who we think you know it was. Um, and, and it's cool because uh, a lot of my focus is on guys who weren't in the industry long. Uh, because right after this comic industry kind of tanked Mm -hmm. Uh, when the code came in superhero comics survived and everything else was destroyed there were no more genre comics because they chased away all of these pulp stories so a lot of guys who had just gotten into the comic business are now out of it and all these companies went under and they lost their jobs and they didn't come back they didn't even go back into creative fields so some of these guys have very very little credits in comic history period so to have that one or two things that they did actually in print is it's important to people like me you know i just want yeah. to, i want to see this stuff happen um so it's kind of a passion project it's something that i do because i love i love the stories and I specifically am looking for the type of things that most people haven't seen before. Uh, and, and the industry doesn't have a whole lot of this going on in it either, other than um, than Craig Yo, who um, is like the man. Like he does a lot of stuff. He works with IDW and, and his company Yo Books, and they put out fantastic stuff, um, and which is doing pretty well for him. But um, I'm trying really hard not to cross paths too much with his stories and stuff. I want to do stuff that people can't find or. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some, some big names that fall in public domain from this time period, and I'm not even really focusing on them. Like, you can get, there's like Jack Kirby stuff I could be publishing right now, which would be cool. And, it, you know, I maybe I will, but for the most part, I want to find that underground stuff that you just can't buy. You can, literally cannot read it right now, and I want to make it available again. Um, so that's, yeah, one of the things that's going on right now. It, it's, it's totally, um, it's worth checking out if you're into anything. And, and the cool thing is each issue is a different genre, and then it's kind of a revolving door. It'll come back around. But the first issue is all horror stories. Second issue is all detective crime mysteries. And uh, the third issue is being determined by the top tier uh, in our Kickstarter. So if you mm-hmm. do the top tier, which somebody actually just did the other day, um, they, they bought it. So they will be picking... The direction for issue number three and all my work and time and research will be in making them happy and finding the kind of stuff that they want to see. And uh, there is one more tier left for issue four where that another person can pick the direction for issue four and I'll do the homework and uh, uh, I'll find what they want to see. And that could be anything. It could be westerns. It could be romance. It could be something really creepy and messed up. You know. So, uh, yeah, love, basically check out, check out all the tiers. There's a lot of fun stuff some artwork and uh, some comics and other source point stuff we throw in there too 
Um, the other big thing that we're pushing right now is um, we have just wrapped up completion on Holliston Friendship is Tragic. Holliston Friendship is Tragic is a uh, it's a graphic novel based on the Holliston television series, which is made by filmmaker Adam Green, who's like a big he's a big name in horror. He um, he did the Hatchet movies, uh, Digging Up the Marrow, Frozen, super super cool dude. And a lot of people don't know that he has a, a TV show called Holliston that's a sitcom. But for, for made for horror fans, so it's kind of like if Big Bang Theory were for just horror nerds with mm-hmm. nothing but horror movie uh, references and huge famous horror movie icons making guest appearances all the time in the show. Um, the regular cast of the show uh, includes Dee Snyder. He's one of the main characters. He's like their boss in it. His name's Lance Rocket, and he dresses the exact same way in the show that he would on stage every day to work. And he's a hilarious character. Tons of fun. Um, Odorous Ungris uh, plays himself in the show, or did up until he passed away, um, as Adam, the main character's best friend, or what? like imaginary best friend. Yeah. Uh. So, like, it's an incredible show. You get to see Odorous being Odorous and also being his imaginary best friend. So, uh, like, if he's having some kind of problem or something, he'll, like, go to his bedroom and think about it, and Odorous lives in his closet, and he'll come out and give him advice. And like, this is all Dave Brocky? Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. And he gives him, like, terrible advice. Like, his, he gives him, like, Guar-style advice, you know? <laughs> On my home planet, yeah. you know? Yeah, we just do something terrible to their butthole, you know, some, you know something crazy. But uh, it's a hilarious show, and uh, Bill Mosley's on it, Kane Hodder's on it, uh, like uh, Sid Haig, like every... Wow, they're really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about doing the graphic novel is um, we get to have a lot of those people in it. Like Bill Mosley, uh, he plays a, a recurring character in the show, so he's in the comic, too. Um, you know, Dee Snyder is in the comic. Uh Derek Mears, who played Jason in the uh, Friday the 13th reboot, he has a little cameo that we gave him in there because he plays a police officer in the show. He's also hysterical. Uh, really, really funny. It's a great, great show. It was made as an original. It was FearNet was a little ahead of the curve. FearNet actually tried to do, um, before Netflix and Amazon Studios and all these other places, they tried to start making their own content specifically for FearNet. But after a merger and that whole thing kind of tanked, um, Holliston went on hiatus. So it was originally created for FearNet. The rights then moved to Geek Nation, and uh, you can buy. I mean, you can buy seasons one and two on Blu-ray on Amazon really easily, yeah. and you can watch them different places. But there's been this big hiatus, and Adam Green fans have been going crazy for season three. They're like, "When's it happening? What's going to happen?" But they knew they had to move it to another studio. All this stuff is yeah. going to change. And um, finally, Entertainment Weekly announced um, that Holliston's coming back. And little did people know at the time, we were working very closely with Adam Green on knowing that season three was coming back, um, working on this graphic novel. And now, while they wait, while, you know, Holliston's going through script reads and, and like, uh, cast is getting back together, they can kind of fill that gap in by reading this, this story. And it's a brand new story, completely original story written by Greg Wright, who uh, has written a bunch of stuff for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, worked very closely with Adam Green to make sure it was very, very true to the humor and the show. It's very... Any fan of the show is going to know it and love it. If you've never seen the show ever, you're still going to love it because it's a hysterical book. It's super funny. Tons of references to pop culture and horror movies. Fun little guest appearances such as, you know, Dee Snyder. And, um... And it's just a, it's a ton of fun. And if you end up digging the comic, you can always go back and, and check out the seasons one and two. Um, but it's uh, it's like fifty two pages. Um, uh, it's it's got a, it's only like five ninety nine uh, price point, so it's really it's really affordable. Um, 
And we're taking pre-orders for stores right now. And Monday on our website, we're going to start taking pre-orders for um, with regular customers. So you can come to our site, you can order it, and we're going to have a couple. Uh, we're going to have two tiers where you can actually, for a couple bucks more, get a bunch of cool stuff with it too. Um, so if you're a horror fan or a comedy fan or you just dig good comics, like you've got to got to check this out. Steve Shar did the art, um, did pencils and inks, and I did the uh, the colors and letters. And um, man, it's it's really it's really really fun. One of the most fun things to work on, but also one of the most stressful because the Holliston fan base is super hardcore. Like yeah. they live and die like Adam Green. Everything. So making them happy and being true to everything, all the way down to like the trim on in the apartment from the show. Like I, I every single thing that I worked on in this book is working from like still frames to make sure that every paint color in the background the lamp that in the background everything's accurate like super accurate to the show um and it's 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 a blast so we're really stoked about it it's probably one of the biggest things we've done to date and uh it's coming out uh the street date is october 26th so it's a halloween story too so it's coming out just before halloween nice but uh, i highly recommend pre-ordering it because if you pre-order it we're actually going to knock the price down too so you're not even going to pay cover price for it so uh you'll get bonus stuff and you pay less so uh, i highly recommend that you know, the thing that I love is that after you talk, there should literally be a star above your head that goes, bing, the more you know. <laughs> um, because, like, how you were how, going back to what you were talking about, about, about the pulp stories, you know, like, it kind of like the old saying goes, you know, the further back you go, it's original again. You know, yeah, like, these, totally. these are stories that people have, have long forgot and or never seen, seen, or the people that have seen them are long gone by now. Right, and right. you've actually... Are, you're like the comic book Indiana Jones. Like you've <laughs> went back and found these stories, brushed them off, cleaned them up, and now they belong in a museum. And then you, you've you've republished them and put them out there. You know, Thanks, and, and that's it, it's it's actually really very very cool because like you know a, a lot of your stuff like every every comic that you have is different, but it's still with that same. It's it's in the same within the same genre. You yeah, know, yeah, we try to have a scope that we want to stay within. Right. And then you open up Classic Pulp and you're like, you're in a time machine. Yeah, you're like, totally. wait a minute, where did this come from? Where? How is this even here? And it's interesting, you know, because this isn't something that you see. So, I mean, a big props to you for that one. Honestly, nice, that, that that's very awesome. And congratulations on this Holliston stuff. Ah, man, I'm really excited about it. Thank you. It's definitely the one of the most exciting things I've, I've worked on in a while. Um and it, with with classic pulp and everything, and with House, it's a really good example of kind of like the direction we wanted with this company in the beginning. So like when I founded this, what sourced my press in like 2012, I had said then, and like in really one of our first interviews, I was like, I want this company to have one foot in the future and one foot in the past. Mm-hmm. I want us to be looking forward to totally new things that are thinking outside the box, new ways of marketing, new customer bases, and not play the whole comic book store game all the time like we want to actually try some different things with it because it's a storytelling medium you can do anything right but at the same time i wanted to always be looking back to who did it first who did it best and and i think classic pulp is a really good example of looking back and i think Holson's a really good example of looking forward mm-hmm. uh we're, we're best of both worlds there yeah. right yeah we're targeting like a fan base outside of the normal comic book fan base uh, you know, with Halston and with Classic Paul, we're we're like resurging something that needs love and needs time that nobody wants to mess with. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to sit here and like try to piece together fragmented, ter- torn pages like through scans and and like sit here and, and do all this crap that I do to basically make it look the way it did when it was first yeah. printed. And Reconstruct line work and all yeah, that totally. stuff. Yeah, and, and so there's um there's entire I have like I have 
files things that there's actually there there's text missing because it's actually like rubbed right off the paper uh, and, or or water damaged like water spots and stuff so i'm piecing together um whatever i can get my hands on from multiple ish you know multiple copies to mm-hmm. basically bring you one good copy so it's a it's a it's a labor of love but um but it's kind of like harbors like the whole feeling of what I wanted to do with uh, SourcePoint and now that it's so that it's bigger than me and bigger than Treco now we have like we've grown so big uh, and we've got you know Travis at the helm uh, it's it's great to know that we're all in the same boat like we have the same idea where we're going in the same direction and that we're you know we agree that this is this is you know this is what we want to do and hopefully people recognize you printed it on older paper too correct yeah 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 it's really cool so we're working with i was uh, gonna say it smells like it like when you open that like that's the thing with me like that's why i love this store in particular and 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 a, a new comic especially from that age you know it's the smell you know, I know it's right, stupid, right. but no, like I me and Derek Becker from Comic Pros and Cons, we have the same thing. Like sniffing I, the, comics, you, man. You <laughs> sniffing comics, dude. Honestly, you walk in, it's just like, yep, yep. <laughs> this is this is that that smell of 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 childhood and awesomeness wrapped into one thing. Yeah, know? we wanted Classic Pulp to feel uh, feel literally like you went back in time, like you're holding the real thing, like not like you're holding a vintage comic because that would mean that it's aged. But yes. it's, it's brand new, but it's brand new in 1943. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so you're there and you're holding that paper that day that it was printed, which is kind of tricky because uh, we work with a really, really good printer and we work with uh, an incredible factory in Taiwan using these gorgeous soy-based inks that we need to be highest quality so that we can print comics like The Rot and Nora so that we can make like Sean Seal's art as vibrant and gorgeous as it, as it really, really was. This inks has to, it's a reproduction of his art, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got to be amazing. Well, now we take Classic Pulp, which was done, you know, decades and decades ago before we had the ability to make things this rich so they used vibrant colors and very garish like bright colors but at the same time they couldn't possibly print them the way we can Mm -hmm. so i have this kind of mix of taking these terrible scans and then boosting and enriching the colors again but then toning them back down a little bit to make sure it's going to look legit like it's the real thing and not overdoing the saturation so um the paper is a big part of that plays a big part of that so uh luckily our printers are awesome and they worked with us to get us a paper that would be just be perfect for this and oh i was so happy to see that shipment when it came in oh yeah dude, oh, it looks great. great it does it really looks great i, I love it. it i love it <laughs> how did you get started though on this whole pulp project like were you just at home one day and you start messing around with it in your own uh, and then it made you want because this the whole time you're talking to me i'm just like envisioning you know indiana jones a couple <laughs> comics like i envision you being that like reading that, a script in another comic going there's this i must find it yeah like, just going like you going to old antique fairs and like you must do a lot of like going to this shops looking for like the back corner yeah, no one yeah. wants. Um, Dude, he ran in here and went to the dollar bins. Yeah, <laughs> and he's true, like, man. look at all this old yeah, stuff. This true. is awesome. I'm like, look, it's Nick Fury <laughs> punching Nazis. This is sweet. Um, yeah, uh, yard sales, man. I started with like um, uh, in Armada. There's a there's a flea market. Yes, and it's the best flea market around, ever. Man. You can find it's the coolest anything there. Stuff there. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you'll find like just buckets of rust and who knows what's in there and then all of a sudden you'll just find some comics and be like whoa yes. and yes. it's not being sold by a comic collector by some old guy who doesn't even know what he's got and once in a while you'll find some some real gems and man I, I pick up the oldest crappiest things I can no matter what shape they're in I know they're not going to be valuable I know they're not worth money but I also know There's you something can't there find to them, them. Yes. it's not like you yes. can just go buy this someplace and I'm like you know what this thing needs love it needs to be read and when I read it, I'm like, man, there's some good stuff in here. 
how, you know, how easy is this for other people to find? It's impossible. Yeah. It's, there's like hardly any existing copies left. So, yeah, it's um the kind of thing that got me interested in just like this needs love. There's stuff out there people never even know it existed, and it'll get lost over time. Like public domain is at risk because laws have changed and public domain is not really going to be a thing going forward. But the chances of something I created falling in the public domain, it's like, it's like a century away from happening. So the stuff that is in the public domain right now, we're only seeing the same 10 out of a hundred things being researched over and over again. It's the same print, the same copy, the same movie in the, you know, a dollar format, but nobody is going back because they feel like public domain isn't worth money. Isn't worth time. So, but they're wrong, you know. Like that's a difference between like a fifty pack of horror films for five dollars, or mm-hmm. getting the Criterion collection for of one of those movies for forty bucks. Criterion puts the time and the work and the effort into, it, and they create, they take something, and they created a gorgeous product out of something that deserves that kind of respect. And we don't give it that respect. Other companies don't because they want a quick buck. Right. We are the Criterion of comics, man. We want. We want to go back and we want to take that time and that love and we want to put all that focus and time and energy that nobody else is willing to do to make sure that you can get it again for the first time. And it's not just the same old Tomb of Terror number one, you know, Yo Books IDW copy. Like, it, you know, like the stuff that you didn't even know existed. Right. That's uh, that's my goal in any way. And what you're doing is too, like, like you're speaking from like a true heart of a collector because like I think if you, like how you said like you find an object at a flea market and you're like, this thing needs love. It does. It needs a home. <laughs> like right? you, it's 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 you know you're like you poor child you've been neglected. <laughs> you know so and true, yeah. it is because like I'll see stuff you know especially if if I owned you when I was a child oh, yeah. and I you find you right? and it's you're beat up I'm like oh no it's like, it's, it's <laughs> right, like yeah. I found a kitten in the street and I'm yep. like you poor little thing what let me feed you, you? Yeah. what did he do to you <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like you have to bring that in and show that thing love and you know I think I think that's a good explanation for hoarding <laughs> because <laughs> totally. they're like but I love all of this stuff I don't they're like, they're like where does it go if it doesn't have a home with me right. and I, I honestly think that's where it starts and it's like no you're not a, a hoarder I think is just a, a, a name given to an unorganized collector yeah. like you can yeah. be a collector but you must have organization otherwise you become a hoarder mm-hmm. and then you're on a TV show, show and everyone takes your shit away and it's not fun anymore <laughs> yeah. five, five day cats cleaning out your garage yeah yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, the dead cats in the garage. Yeah. I remember that one. That was crazy. That was so crazy. Um, Will, you want to set us up to uh, to take our uh, our last break? Cool, Josh. Um, before we take this break, uh, thank you again for coming on, yeah. and I mean, thank you guys for everything that you do for the Starship. Uh, I mean, honestly, I love working with you guys. It's it's a blast having you a part of the team and and doing everything that we do together. Um, before I let you go, though, please uh, plug your site, plug where everybody can find you, and where they can find the Kickstarter so that they can uh, contribute. Right on, yeah. Um, so, Facebook.com slash Source Starship Press. Jimmy uh, Twitter.com slash Source PT Press, because Source Point Press is too many characters. Uh, Instagram is at Source Point Press, all one word. And um, uh, SourcePointPress.com. There's a little store tab. You can go there. That's where you can use the Ninja, Ninja Star Pod code, all one word, to get your 20% off. And um, Classic Pulp on Kickstarter now. Just search for it. It'll pop right up. And uh, if you want to find me, JoshuaWernerArt.com. That's W-E-R-N-E-R. And I'm Joshua Frantic on Twitter. So, yeah, hit me up, man. I'm always happy to chat, Uh, especially if you like art, comics, movies, uh, anything nerdy. 
Awesome. Uh, also, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Ninja Star Pod, you will find links to all of the SourcePoint Kickstarters currently running, as well as what they're doing recently, what we're doing recently. Check out that stuff. Again, email the show. Let us know what you think. Comment on Facebook. You can get directly onto us and talk to us even on this broadcast right now. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, more live at Liberty Comics. This is Dirk Manning. I'm on the road because, as those of you who have heard me on Ninja Starship Podcast know, I'm always on the road. However, being on the road does not stop me from saying congratulations, Jimmy. I am so, so excited about everything you've been doing on this podcast. You've just been kicking butt, taking names, promoting all the right people. Thank you on behalf of all of us. And, uh... I'm really honored to kill you in Tales of Mystery Volume 3 that's coming out this uh, September. I can't wait for everyone to see your brutal, disgusting death scene. So thank you, my friend. Congratulations, and I look forward to seeing you on the road soon. Thanks. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Celebrating the one-year anniversary, episode 52 of the Ninja Starship. We are broadcasting live from Liberty Comics in Roseville, Michigan. This segment is brought to you by TMNT Box. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Box. Two to four items sent to your house in a monthly subscription box. All officially licensed TMNT gear for $10 a month. Plus, just for listeners of, listeners? Listeners of the Ninja Star. Listeners. Stuff. Listeners. This episode brought to you by Jägermeister. Jägermeister. <laughs> just for Ninja Starship listeners, if you use offer code NinjaStarPod, you will get this for less than $10 at sign up. Again, it's two to four officially licensed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle items sent to your house. I mean, how convenient is is that will you don't even it's have to awesome. leave your house to get turtle house. stuff it just gets set you get new t-shirts well, and you left the little squeeze ball thingy in studio two. Oh yeah, yeah i thought we caitlin at- was gonna lose her mind like she's a huge <laughs> tmnt freak so i told her about the box i'm pretty oh, sure she's no. already gone off and signed up for it oh <laughs> that's that's great news did you make sure to tell her to use off code Ninja i did Star Pod? he did nice. yeah yeah nice. yeah Dude, that, it's great though. It's the stuff they have. I it, I was looking. If you go to their Instagram page, yeah, they will. You can see some of their past boxes. This is great stuff they have in there. And not every box is the same. Like no. you'll get different stuff because you got a box and we open. We did your unboxing yeah. on the show. The next day, I got a box. Nice. That's this shirt. I got nice. it's totally different shirt. from your shirt. You know. Oh, yeah. And then I also got a. But I got a little. Uh, a, uh, one of them little uh, squeezy, squeezy things, yeah. Who'd you get? Uh, I got Donatello. No, I got Leonardo. Nice. Yeah, I got Leonardo. He's the leader. He's the leader <laughs> of the troop. Transformed from the norm by the nuclear goop. Yeah. Yes. Ah, yes. If, if, you, if you heard last episode, you totally got that. <laughs> if, you, if you go to our Facebook page, look at the uh, unboxing video we did. You will get that joke. Yeah, you guys. You guys, honestly, check this stuff out. You will love this. This is probably one of the best subscription boxes out there. Not even probably it is. Uh, I've 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 ordered just about every other subscription box we've had. Loot Crate, Comic Block, Nerd Block, uh, Comic Bento, all those guys, and they're all good with what they do. But for less than ten dollars a month, you cannot beat this. I mean, this shirt costs twenty bucks. Let alone, I mean, I'm getting that plus something cool for less than ten dollars. You can't beat that. Well, and this box is also great for if you. Yeah, you know, if you have a kid, it's great stuff to get your, your kid. Oh, you yeah, know? especially because if you don't like it, you can give it to the yeah, kid. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or if you have a niece or a nephew, 
you know, you get them a gift or something. You know, instead of going like thirty bucks and spending uh, like one thing, buy them a t-shirt. Buy them, buy them three months worth of this box. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. Then, 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 then set up some $30 the, that they're going to throw then away. Then you the cool uncle or aunt who got them three gifts in a row for their birthday. Their birthday lasted three, <laughs> three months. months. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, Norm, you have been chopping at the bit, dude. You want to talk Suicide Squad. I do. That's I'm coming so out real soon. Let's talk Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. We've seen all of the all of the trailers come out so far. Uh, very queen heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they seem like it seems like the uh, the camaraderie between the cast is good. Yeah. Um, personally, I mean, I know I'm I'm not in the the favorable majority about this, but personally, I'm very much looking forward to Jared Leto as the Joker. I am too. Um, even though he may be hot topic Joker, I want to see it. I do. Hot topic. I want to <laughs> see what he brings to the character. I do because I know what he can do as an actor. The dude is he's got the chops. Mm-hmm. He's amazing, and. Yes, he's he's coming after the. I'm sorry, hate me all you want. Highly overrated performance by Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger yep. Okay, it, it just it is what it is. Full options. <laughs> it's just it's, 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 you know. I, I, don't get me wrong, man. Like I thought, I thought Heath Ledger did a great job. He really did. But I think the fact that he died sent that much more. Just oh, he was just perfect, Joker. Because nobody's gonna say actually it was. All right, it was just okay. I, I almost had a similar rev, uh, revelation when I so I just recently watched The Crow again. Yeah, and it just so happened that the next movie coming on in was The Wraith. Mm-hmm. The Crow is essentially the Wraith without cars, right? If if you, like, I mean, like literally the same character names, same everything. Mm-hmm. But Brandon Lee died. Phenomenal movie. Yeah, very phenomenal movie. Yeah, uh, you know what's funny is. I know for a fact that Heath Ledger took inspiration from The Crow for that movie because he said it. <laughs> he was like, he watched that, and there was one other movie that he watched to really get inspiration for his version of the Joker. And I mean, the dude, the dude did great. Don't he get me did. wrong. I mean, he totally, was yeah, he totally was good. And a very rocker. versatile. I'm not talking shit about Heath Ledger. No, I'm yeah. just saying that I think all of the hype for that Joker. Is it, it, it's intertwined with him dying? You know that. Oh, throw him an Oscar that he can't appreciate because he's dead. Like, let's just—it it didn't make sense to me. You know, his but his Joker was good. Back to hot topic Joker. Uh, we see that that's the common term for him now. <laughs> hot topic Joker. Yeah. yeah. Back to hot topic Joker. I've heard so many sites and people refer to him as hot topic Joker. <laughs> now is that better or worse than being like Spencer's Joker? Uh, <laughs> I think it's better. It's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody takes Spencer seriously. You no. know, Spencer's doesn't take themselves seriously. I will <laughs> say though, over the years though, their, their sex toy bachelorette party section has gotten smaller, smaller and smaller, and their baby clothes section has gotten bigger and bigger. <laughs> so wait a minute, you're telling me that I can't buy a Trump hat right next to an electronic movable light up dildo anymore? I think you can, but it's also going to be across from the aisle from a bib that says "My dad's the shit." <laughs> Right on. <laughs> Daddy didn't pull out, Bib. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one of those. Yeah. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy, San Diego. Um, what are what are some of the things that you're looking forward to with this movie, Norm? Um, the latest thing right now is that the Batman is going to be scary. Yes, because we're looking at him from the villain's perspective. We always look at Batman from the the hero perspective and go get those get bad villain, guys. Go yeah. get them, you know. 
not from the villain's perspective, where in our head we might be doing the good thing, where you know, hey, we're hey, we're doing what we do, you yeah, know, yeah, we're villains, yeah. but whatever. But Batman, who's gawks in the dark and is real low and ninja-like and in the dark and pops out and surprises you and scares the shit out of you, I'm, I'm guessing we're coming from that angle. It's like, oh my god, well, we're out here trying to do a good thing. You might not know we're trying to do a good thing, mm-hmm. and you still want to pop out and knock me to the ground and just beat the shit out of me. Well, that's a villain thing big time. I mean, <laughs> so think- what good... What quote unquote good things are the Suicide Squad trying to do? <laughs> like good, good for what? Like what? For what definition of the word good are, are we talking about? Good things that Suicide Squad trying to do? From our viewpoint, we're coming from Amanda Waller as there's bad stuff. That's there, too there, dirty that there, we can't there, touch there, on paper. There's better stuff than what you guys are into. So yeah. we need you to take the bad stuff and handle the better stuff. And in that viewpoint. And I'm guessing we get Batman that comes in and is like, I don't know what the f- you think you're doing, but well, it's not in my city. You know who's scared <laughs> of shit? You know, he is, he's got to be scary to villains, which is cool that they're going to give that viewpoint. I mean, yes. think about this back when you were in high school selling weed and how scared you were of the cops. Exactly. Now, imagine if you had Batman... <laughs> To be, you know, to fear back then. Playing like, a Matumbo, not in my house. Yeah. Exactly, you know. <laughs> just trying to raise That's a little money for the scarier. family. Just trying to raise a little money for the like, family. Dog, I'm just trying, trying to sell a dime bag. I don't need a, and I got a batarang around me. I'm like, come on now. I'm hanging from a, a ceiling. <laughs> well, honestly, like, that was move. one of the things I liked about the Batman versus Superman movie was that they had all the other Batfleck jokes aside, like they had him more in the shadows, hiding up in corners. Oh, yeah. oh the hiding in the yeah. corner scene was badass. One, yeah, with the you look up, oh, what the hell was that? You right, know? Yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah, dude, like that. Ugh, they, I thought they did Batman perfect. They really, really did. They did Batman perfect. He did good. He fights like Arkham Knight. He's in the shadows. He, he's imposing, and he's a pissed-off Batman. He's not like... Oh, I got to do the right thing, and I got to do it. No, he's done. He's had it. He's like, none of you learn. I'm beating the shit out of everybody. Yes. I'm, I'm all done playing now. Yes. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, well, you look at the progression. I mean, you're, you've just gotten closer to what Batman really was supposed to be. You know, you had sixty. You know, the '66 Batman. You know, Adam West. Shark repellent, bat spray. <laughs> underwear on the outside of their clothes. The you know whole yuck yuck factor. Then you know you had Michael Keaton who. Still to the I that I mean that's the guy that brought it back. No, you know, yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah. You know, yeah. I was love that Batman. Um, eh, then you had the Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Let's just pretend those never happened. Nipple suits, oh, Batman's. God, yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know the Bale, little darker. At least had the gravel in the yeah, voice, that yeah. sort of thing. And now you've got Batman getting closer to that. Batman didn't really capture criminals. Originally, Bat no Batman went out and killed people. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you're getting closer to what that was originally as. Well, I mean, I think about it from just a human perspective. If you're the type of guy that a you're pretty fucked up. You're gonna you're gonna dress up in a bat suit, go out at night and kick ass because you're a ninja. Well, because you can't go out during the day because you, you wind up with some messed up tan lines. Way messed up tan, and everybody <laughs> would know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that carving under your chin like? You know, that? but I mean, <laughs> if, if you're if you're this guy and you are just you are bent on justice, you want justice, okay? Eventually, after people stop listening to you, and no matter how many people you put away and try to do things the right way, you're a human. You've had it. So I everybody gets to so the boiling point. I caught him. They put him in Arkham. Yep. He escaped. 
I caught him again. They put him in Arkham again. Like, I'm running out of quarters, dude. I'm getting tired of the free life motif. I'm just taking you out. There's one guy who keeps laughing in your face, and it's like, really? You're just going to laugh in my face at what I'm doing? Every time. And now you get a little girlfriend who laughs at me, too. I'm done. I'm done. That's right. That bitch done pushed me over the edge. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because we all know when you're in a when you're getting when you're when things are getting tense in the bar, yep. keep your girlfriend yep. quiet. Because that's that's when little, things escalate. She's and got you don't, her nobody wants that to happen. In the background, the one with the little crocodile deficiency. I don't know what's going on. Now, everybody's <laughs> laughing at me. Like, no, I'm done. Like, bro, we're all going. You really need some lotion. Like, bad. So you went you went beyond ashy to scaly. Yes. Yeah, you're scaly. You're scaly. Dude. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about Harley Quinn for a minute. Um, this is going to be her first on-screen debut. Um, she is, tech, like, if you've read her her uh, her issue where she comes out in the comics, not comes out, but you know what I mean. That's another issue. <laughs> um, she uh, there's, has, a, there's a Harley Quinn uh, Power Girl comic that I just saw over really? somewhere. The cover looked kind of interesting. Oh, I'm in. Oh. I'm in. Uh, she, uh, you know, she's got, she's got Batman, you know, tied up. Up, waiting for the Joker, and there, there's a point in that where Batman actually tells the Joker, like, she was closer to killing me than you've yes, ever been. been. Yeah, and it pisses him oh. off so bad. So bad. Is this so, going to be in a movie? It, it, I, I really hope so. I oh hope there's God. something there because that's too good of a story. Yeah. Because if that's she's what, new and then she's that close. But that's one of those, like, that's one of those tropes, though, that, like... Like, how do you... Okay, so you have this strong female character who's doing her thing. I don't even know what gender you were. But can't follow through because she wants to make her boyfriend happy. Right, right. Like, is like is that going to be is that gonna be the backlash on that? I don't know, man. I think with all of the, the strong female character thing that they're going to put, like, I don't think they're going to have... Like, because Harley, oh, no, is, someone she, will write a blog. I assure you. Oh, someone oh will yeah, someone will write a blog. <laughs> but it's like you know, in in the in the in the animated series, she's like, oh, Mr. J. Oh, and, Mr. Oh. Yes, and she's very subservient. Yeah, you know, I don't see that happening with this Harley no. in this movie. She will not be subservient. It looks to me at this point like it started that way, and she's that pissed off ex girlfriend yeah, now. She learned. You know what I mean? Yeah, she no, learned. I'm done. I I uh, I don't think they could have picked a better person to play her. Um, once that actually happened, and uh, you know, it, it was like, oh, Margot Robbie is going to be Harley Quinn. I know every one of us were like, oh, yes, 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 yeah. please, yes, please, more, I, more of that. I like pancakes. <laughs> I, I, like, I like pancakes. <laughs> pancakes are good. <laughs> uh, what's this? Let's just say it on the air. I don't even. Oh, uh, it's fine. all good. No, we're live. So, we're so live. Let's go. We are live, and we just got a, uh, a new guest is popping in. Yeah? Is she uh, here? Does yeah, she want to yeah, get on the mic? The, 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 uh, can't get on the mic because it, it's a dinosaur. So she can't, can't. Dinosaur can't speak. Can't speak English. Very short arms can't <laughs> yeah. hold the mic. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the uh, the Detroit Dinosaur is going to be here. So, so you can find her on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook at Detroit Dino. Um, you guys may have seen pictures of, of, the, of running around. I've seen this dinosaur running around everywhere. I'm pretty city. sure they were in our room party at Penguicon. Possibly, I was, yeah. yeah. I remember being the one there. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, but I mean, we had so, two of so, them. 
We did at one point. Yeah, there were two dinosaurs. There were two T Rexes in our room, and that's honestly that's when I checked out and just started doing shots. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you've got two T Rexes in your house in your party, jamming it out to whip it, yeah, it you're just done. You, yeah, you you, how do you get higher than that? Yeah, no, it's, game, it's, game yeah. over. That's when I went to just grab the bottle of Jaeger and parked by Bob, and life was good. <laughs> Where are you parked? By a Bob. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this dinosaur basically just started out as a way to raise some money for the graphic design exhibit at Wayne State, and it just worked wonders, and now just wanders around Metro Detroit going to events, um, loves small business events, local events. Well, thanks for uh, being on the show, Detroit Dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'll, I'm gonna put in the uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put in the Jurassic Park uh, T Rex rar. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So when when the beer starts like getting the concentric circles, circles. And, the you know, ripples, they're close. yes, yeah. they're close. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Well, very cool. So yeah, uh, check out the Detroit Dinosaur at Detroit Dino on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They have a big following. They're everywhere. They're here, so you should be technically. If they're yes. here, yeah, this is the here. place you should be. be. Get here. Liberty Comics in Roseville. Uh, come see us. We're going to be here for another hour. It's yeah, going to be man. amazing. Um, and from what I hear, there may or may not be drinks being had afterwards. There may yes. or may not. So you want to be here for the start of that because it's only going downhill yeah. from here. And we might play exactly. Pokemon Go from here to the bar. We definitely just, will. Just no, saying. What I, you mean we, Paleface? I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Pokemon Go the whole time. I got the some great people Jimmy, like that, I gotta be, like, that is the part about you that I just effing love, man. Like You're, you're like Mr. Like, plaid shirt. Tatted up to no end. You got the neck tats. You do not fuck around, but you are just a giant goddamn nerd. Oh, huge! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. Absolutely, I love that. That's the best part of this. All right, uh, do we have anything else? All right, let's talk about our last sponsor. Uh, the Monroe Comic Con and Card Show happening yeah. Saturday, October 1st, 2016. Monroe Comic Con will be at the Total Sports Monroe Complex in Monroe, Michigan. The guests, this is a very Power Ranger heavy con. So if you want to meet Divatox, she's going to be there. If you want to meet Nakia Baris, she is going to be there. These are, these are, Power Ranger Legends in the building. Also, we are going to be there with a 20 by 20 booth, myself and Podcast Detroit. We will also be doing the podcast panel. You are not going to want to miss that if you've ever wanted to start a podcast. Well, if you we, listen to us and think, I could do better than those guys, come on out. Come on out. This is the podcast panel. Well, and when we panel. say 20 by 20 booth, we're going to have Activate with us again. Oh, yeah. Activate's going to be there, right. We're going to have the portable gaming units. It's going to be a fun time. Everybody, you want to be there October 1st. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, that's all I got. Is there anything more you got? No? No, nah, I'm not. Just don't forget to try to join us for the uh, showing of the Killing Joke. I oh, yes. Saw, yeah. I saw the um, the the image you posted. Uh, so, like, my like one of my biggest bitches about the Star Wars universe yeah. is that Disney came down and basically said the entire extended universe no longer Yeah, canon. they're done. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Kiss my ass because you should have started with the Thrawn trilogy. And, and Should have so, been the movies that brought it back yeah, because so, that. Let's be honest. No Thrawn trilogy. No episode seven. No none because that that's what lit the fire back up and right. started it coming. Apparently, it's out now that they're coming out with a Thrawn yep, so, book that so will they, be canon. They just oh, announced that cool. season three of Rebels 
is going to feature Thrawn as a villain. And Timothy Zahn, who wrote the original trilogy, is now writing a new trilogy for the new canon. Hell yes. So it's That's it's great. And he's he's one of the characters that yeah, again, everyone's been complaining about. He's not in the he's one of the EU characters that everyone loves his the trilogy so much and they were complaining because that without gone. that there was nothing else like yes. dude all, like everybody's like oh well I've got my favorite you know my you know whether it's Kevin Anderson or Christine Catherine Rouge or well <laughs> sorry my nerd showing um, <laughs> but yeah and then, see now we're in now right, we're in my, right. now we in my house now you're in your house <laughs> <laughs> but like all like all those like all those books none of them happened like I, I was lucky enough to do an interview with Tim Zahn and just a phenomenal guy who like from his perspective like it was a like he had no idea what was going to happen because like, I mean at that point you're seeing like 1992 Star Wars has been dead dinosaurs Star Wars has been you know has been gone for a while uh, so you know let, let's see and then that dude that first book hit and I mean this was still pre-internet but like all of the BBS's and message boards went nuts yes and then like literally was the catalyst for bringing everything back I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm distracted by this. Yeah. We have a dinosaur in the building. <laughs> you guys didn't believe me, but nice there's a dinosaur. Dinosaurs. Let's go. Oh, the dinosaur is a celebrity now. Look at stealing the show. <laughs> yeah. oh, I bought the show out. No, All right. No. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 52. Yes. Thank you very much to Liberty just, Comics for having just, us here. going to wrap it up. You don't want to take a break, see if anything else comes to mind? I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, we're going to wrap now. it up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, we love your support. Um, thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Send us your questions, <laughs> comments, all of the above by emailing the show, ninjastarpod at gmail.com. Please make sure to check out the website, ninjastarpod.com. Click the awesome links button and show some love to our sponsors. Also, check out our merch. Everything you buy through the site directly helps the show and our production costs. So for that, we thank you very much. Download the Podcast Detroit app to listen live, available on Apple and Android services. If you're just tuning in and you missed the large, the live broadcast, sucks to be you. But you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or your favorite podcast listening service. Everywhere fine podcasts are sold. Everywhere fine podcasts are sold. Uh, the Ninja Starship is a proud member of the Podcast Detroit Network, Points of Interest Podcast Network, Tangent Bound, and Wicked Radio Networks. Thanks again for oh, listening, you're everybody. A pod whore. I am a pod whore. The hole is open. <laughs> he, he is just Everybody making lists and lists of networks to join. I'm just, I'm trying. Get us out there. All right. Until next week, or actually until tomorrow, we're broadcasting live at our regularly scheduled time tomorrow. We have Marvel artist Jay Fosgett on the show, as well as Bob Sally and Josh Dahl, both amazing independent comic creators. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. That's the show. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight.